Nobody makes it easier to stay on top of all of your health concerns than Meridian Medical Services. Hey, it's JMV. Call them today, 317-925-0811, and schedule your heart screening. I know my situation. You should, too. Make the call. It is affordable. It is easy, and you will know. 317-925-0811. Nobody's more affordable. Nobody's easier than Meridian Medical Services. Call them today, 317-925-0811. 11. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, the thickest double time. Miles Carter. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome in Tuesday. A little sunshine down here on the circle. And it is a day, we'll get to this a little bit later on, where all the fake, phony, angry windbags got to shut up. We'll get to that story coming up a little bit later on in It's Hoop, and I love Hoop. I talk about this all the time. Last night, though, did leave in a championship game setting a little bit to be desired, even with San Diego State giving that thing a shot late, five minutes to go, down five, maybe making a little bit of a run, but you all kind of had that feeling, didn't you? You all had that feeling that it wasn't going to get any closer, and it took really a snap of a finger, and then UConn was back up double figures, and it was all over. It was all over with the UConn Huskies and Danny Hurley, your 2022-2023 national champions, and I wish that it had a little bit more drama. You know, when you think of it, too, LSU won that thing going away for the women on Sunday, but there was a little bit more drama working there. It just wasn't that much. And again, all due respect where it is deserved to that of UConn because they were a fantastic team. Started out the season well, kind of hit the skids. I shouldn't say the skids, but got rough a little bit. During the conference season, bounced back, and then during this tournament, nobody could get close to him. That was going to be what you witnessed as dominant, seriously, as dominant a performance in the NCAA tournament as we have seen right there. So outstandingly done by UConn, San Diego State comes in a runner-up, and we'll talk about that, the college basketball season. And now now you really start to uh, soak up what you get. And you love this, too. I've said this. You love free agency. I've said this before. Free agency oftentimes with you has more interest to you because you can participate with your own theories and your own thoughts, you as well as me. We can all together be windbags via social media. You know, I just have a little bit more right here in terms of a microphone, but I mean, everybody can be a all-knowing windbag. 
and you love free agency, and that's essentially what you get with the transfer portal, and now the battle for that free agency will be waged. It'll officially be underway. We'll see if anybody else drops in to the transfer portal. What do they have until May, I think, to do so? So maybe some folks will trickle in. We'll end up going someplace else. The best part about it, though, was the, the dudes that have like 15 to 20 teams listed. Not just when John Rothstein is saying this is who this person's hearing from. Like, these are my final 95 right here. <laughs> my final 95. I mean, you may even forget your your list is so huge, so lengthy, you might even forget, and you might even rename the team that you're leaving accidentally on there. But free agency is underway. Free agency is what you love, and that is what you're going to get. Man, UConn was just so good last night. Just a couple of different times when they met a little bit of resistance, and that was early on. San Diego State, I think, piqued your interest because San Diego State came out there, started knocking down shots. I like that Bradley kid. I do a great deal. And knocking down shots. But in large part, it was a relative snoozer. A relative snoozer up until the five-minute mark when they, they come back and you know, I was kind of pushing this, too, because I was fighting. And, and normally I don't. But normally I'm up late. But it was getting close to midnight. And I'm thinking, all right, do I want to retire to the bedroom and put on Pluto TV on that endless loop of black and white episodic Andy Griffith shows? Or do I want to hang with this? All right, if they get it down, they get it down to two possessions. I'll hang with it. Anybody else do it that way? Or would you just sit there and watch it? Did you sit there and watch it? Because you await the overall greatness, and you have awaited that since 1987, although we live in a different world now. When One Shining Moment was first created in 1987, and probably the biggest reason why it is so universally loved, at least in our pocket of the country, it's because in 87, when IU last won a national title, that's the first time they had a One Shining Moment. So you connect the two, you relate the two, and you love that one. You know, I I tweeted this out a little bit earlier, and this is a true story. And I think I have that one memorized from Dallas Comagy's shaking his fist for DePaul to Reggie Williams of Georgetown pounding on the hardwood. And I tweeted out, I think my favorite moment, my favorite moment all time of one shining moment is the Steve Isle behind the back pass on the break. Just a perfect Three on two behind the back pass to Dean Garrett for a dunk at the then Hoosier Dome, RCA Dome, when the Hoosiers were in a first round matchup against Fairfield. Like my all time, that behind the back pass from Isle, my all time favorite. But again, you can't wait for the one shining moment, but it's just different now because you can basically get it as soon as it airs. You don't have to wait up for it. Or if you want to wait, you can just wait until the morning. You don't have to run a VHS tape or you don't have to record it in some fashion and then go back and get it. It is still incredibly special. And it's something that you wait for. You just don't necessarily have to get it right then and right there. So a lot of you are probably battling against wanting to go to bed. I mean, it is a Monday night. Game didn't start until 920. 
A lot of long-winded commercials going on with good reason. You get to go ahead and soak up the last of the uh, what the Capital One commercials with Samuel L. Jackson and Spike Lee and Barkley and Magic and Jim Nance. Get those one final time. Jennifer Garner. But that probably held your attention a little bit more than the game which is unfortunate, but it happens, especially when, again, when you have a team that is so dominant from start to finish in this tournament. I didn't want to buy it. I didn't want to believe it. But the more you watch them, the more you thought, I, I don't know who in the world, if matched up, anybody have a logical choice for a team that maybe had a bad moment or two that got bounced that could have given UConn, the way that we're playing in that tournament, any any sort of game? Didn't really feel that way. I mean, obviously, you look at the one seeds and the way that the one seeds went out. And for that matter, even the two seeds, a team like Arizona. But it just didn't seem like that anybody had anything for UConn because UConn can play whatever game and match up against whatever you're doing and probably do it better. Very impressive to say the least. Uh, UConn, your national champions over San Diego State. We shall talk about that. We'll talk about the tournament in its entirety. We'll talk about that. Talk about tournament in its entirety. And uh, again, I'm going to bring on and put a bow on the season and certainly the past three weeks with Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll bring up that national semifinal. They lose on that last second shot by Butler. And just the overall season in general, moving forward now in general. Uh, we'll do that with Dusty May coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. And now you're going to get all the uh, sportsmanship folks coming out of the woodwork. And uh, frankly, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. So yesterday, everybody brought up, actually going all the way back to Sunday afternoon, everybody brought up, everybody brought up Angel Reese and what she did and you know, Caitlin Clark and who was wrong and everybody did all that talk and all the windbags came out of the woodwork for their morning show screaming and yelling and trying to get quoted on Twitter trying to go viral for saying stupid crap Dave Portnoy stupid crap Keith Oberman stupid crap everybody just touting their stupidity and then today everybody can just sit down and shut up because what Caitlin Clark said is exactly what I talked about yesterday you know, sometimes in competition, things aren't nice. Things aren't nice. And believe me, a lot of us wouldn't know that. The guy sitting here just a moment ago would know that. Uh, he certainly played collegiately at the highest level. He would know when things aren't so nice. But that's exactly what you got on Sunday. You got a high level of competition. You got a reaction to a reaction. And clearly, you had an LSU team and players with chips on their shoulder because of what was being said, what was being touted about Caitlin Clark, and then went out and proved it. And then you got some junk being talked. But everybody had to turn it into something that it absolutely wasn't. And now you look back on it, you got to look in the mirror and go, oh, wow, I really tweeted that. This is what Caitlin Clark said. I really tweeted that. Now you look stupid. And believe me, I know this from experience. This form 
of media can make you look silly. Social media-wise, if it is up there, it is up there forever. It can make you look silly. It's made me look silly before. But there are a lot of people out there that just had to go all the way with it. Everybody's got to be perfect. Everybody's got to be just like one another and nice and the sportsmanship aspect. Hey, listen, we all love sportsmanship, but here's what I love even more so than that. I love the competition of it. And that's what I thought that it was more than anything else. Caitlin Clark, quote, I don't think Angel should be criticized at all. No matter what way it goes, she should never be criticized for what she did. I compete, she competed. It's exactly what we talked about yesterday. There was more to that story. But it's in competition. That's what we all want. And it comes, again, in different variations. It comes in different packages. And I'm glad that it does. But that's what we saw yesterday. I should say that's what we saw on Sunday. And that's what we talked about yesterday. And this should end it. Right? This should end it. So those of us in the form of competition... And really, I took it further to the point where I know that the officiating was bad and everybody was shaking their fist at that, but I really didn't care. Sometimes that happens. I make fun of the NBA officials more than anybody else out there. I do. I love doing that. I don't know what I would do if that enjoyment was taken away. But I know it's not going to be perfect. I know it's not going to be perfect in the NBA. I know it's not going to be perfect collegially. You know it's not going to be perfect at all levels. It's funny, man. Everybody says you got to play through it, try to play through it until it's time to play through it. And then everybody says you got to fire that guy and this guy and this person and they can't do anything right. They should never be allowed to do this again. There is no doubt you strive to get better. But I would think anybody, and especially in basketball, you understand that this could be an obstacle that at some point you're going to have to overcome. Everybody says that. But when it comes time to actually have to do it, oh, I love a good we got screwed story better than anybody else. I say this all the time. I don't know where high school rivalries would be without the we had to go there and we knew we were going to get screwed and we got screwed. There are no better legendary stories about going someplace and playing and getting screwed than Bedford North Lawrence High School. I don't know, a lot of you probably feel the same way. You know, I don't know if we always got screwed. Maybe we just got beat. But the legendary stories of being screwed, I don't know what we'd do without them. I know it's much different now the way we communicate. It's not just at the barbershop. It's not, you know, at the watering hole, the local cafe over coffee, at the grocery store and the grocery store line or whatever. I know it's not like that any longer, but still, man, those are the best parts. <laughs> you know you're going to go to the sawmill, and you know you're going to get absolutely hosed. and Maybe you didn't, but you think you did. That's a part of it. And hopefully it will forever be a part of it. But now everybody should just sit down and be quiet, and then you can move on to your next fake controversy. You scream and yell about your next fake controversy. And all of us that are looking for just in general competition, which you got, you got such a high level of competition on Sunday, and it was pretty much non-existent last night. And all credit where credit is due to UConn. 
But if you're going to ask me, I would like 10 times out of 10 rather watch that woman that women's championship on Sunday than I would that championship last night. And a lot of that played a significant role. So shout out to Caitlin Clark for telling everybody to just be quiet about it. Good. It's what everybody needed to hear. And now you move on. So we can hit that if you want at 239-1070. I mentioned last night's game, the tournament as a whole, the season as a whole, and what is going to be an interesting offseason to see where some of the teams end up going. Especially IU. So where IU's already matched up in uh, the, what is it, the Empire Games? Empire State Games? Who else is in that? UConn? Louisville, I think, in that too? Coming up in November? Saw that from an IU social media account tweeted earlier today. And we'll start finding out the, the change in face that IU is going to have. And then we'll learn if anything's going to happen whatsoever with Purdue. Again, I expect Edie to go straight back. But it's not, I mean, Edie really hasn't said a lot. He's not very outspoken. Well, I mean, I guess he is in one way in social media, but he's not very outspoken when asked down in Houston about his intentions in the future. But I think the expectation is that he doubles back to West Lafayette, right? I know everybody, as soon as that final horn is heard, and the end of the season is there. Everybody goes with their top 25 and certainly produce in the top three, top five in all these guys that cover college basketball when you have to put these things out, even though you know really nothing right now. That is one thing that they sure seem to be solidified in. I will talk about that a little bit later on. All that and just a fantastic season for my friend Dusty May. I could not be more proud of the season he has had. And what's going to be more interesting is to see how much of a spotlight, if at all, is going to be given to that team in Boca Raton after this year, considering what all they have coming back. Now, one thing he said, and I put this out I think on my Facebook page a little bit earlier. I didn't put it on Twitter. But he had said stuff, and, you know, you you take bits and pieces of what coaches and, you know, those that have done this that we watch, either, you know, coaches or general managers or even for that matter, if you're in the business world, CEOs, presidents of companies, what they say. And they're a long list of all these, these old sayings. I mean, just like anybody else out there, we in our locker room had written on the wall in the main locker room, not the crappy locker room where you would go and it really stunk and your locker was about the size of a shoebox. You know, the really, the really good lockers. I don't know how good they were there. But it had defense or debench. Anybody else have that? Well, I needed to be on the bench because there was no way I was going to go out there and really be that great defensively. So, I I mean, I guess I got off the bench because I could shoot a little bit, but normally it was the bench, defense or the bench. And there's no I in team, which is, historically speaking, probably one of the first cliches ever uttered by a coach anywhere. No I in team. But there are a lot of those out there, and I, I came across one from the March Madness website regarding Dusty May where he was talking about his team. 
and I have seen this. I have seen this on a lot of levels, and especially in youth sports. And listen, this can keep you winning in major college basketball too. I mean, it can keep you winning anyway. But I obviously I've seen it with youth sports a couple of different times, and he talks about his team in terms of getting along. You know, the likability of one another. And you can say what you want and make up whatever you want because with San Diego State or UConn, we have no idea, but we do with the head coach of Florida Atlantic talking about his team and how they get along and how there are no team clicks. How you walk in the locker room one day and it's dudes talking to other dudes and it kind of just switches around, but these guys are all – all on the same page. You know, it's funny where I came from, and it's probably because of the size of the class where I came from, you had, you had different people. Like I like sports, but you had those that were kind of gearheads. You had the, the FFAs, more of the farmers, you know, you had those that were really smart and the honor society, but it was a very small group. I think my graduating class was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of what 79 80 something like that which certainly in some of these bigger schools pales in comparison and it probably had something to do with it so i will admit that right away but that was one great thing about where i grew up is there were there were no clicks like everybody we all just in my particular class we all got along i mean all of us no matter what we did And I think you will find most success, and especially with teams as they get older, younger teams as they get older, the less of a click that is established, which is very easy to do, the more success that you will long-term have. And it's funny he brought that up because I'd thought about that forever, and then he kind of solidified that to me. I mean, every 80s movie seemingly had a click. I mean, the Breakfast Club was famous for it. You had an outcast. You had a Miss Pris. Uh, you had maybe even less. I should say you had somebody that you know, got kicked out of school, an outcast. You had the nerd, and then you had you know, the Miss Pris, and you had the athlete. Well, in our class, and I believe in the neighborhood of 85% of us ended up going to college, but we were all just kind of together. And again, it was a very low number. It was very easy for us to be all together, but we were all kind of together. And that was one of the things where I grew up I was most proud of is that we were all together and we all kind of experienced growing up together. When we had parties, everybody was there. Like nobody ever got left out. And when Dusty May mentioned that about his team being successful because one of the reasons being there are no clicks. That just kind of sounded a bell in my head thinking, wow, you know what? I don't think that's talked about enough. And maybe with good reason, maybe because all these successful teams don't deal with that. But you can tell when some do at a much higher level because it is outed, because it's talked about, because it's criticized when people don't get along. But it is interesting because it is not, described in that fashion enough as it was during the final four 
on that NCAA March Madness social media account. I actually tweeted out about 10, 15 seconds of that. I found it really interesting. That's something I'll talk to Dusty about because it's not easy. It's not easy. There are a lot of things that go into coaching, and, you know, we're always talking about the X's and the O's and, you know, who's calling a timeout at the end of a game, who's not, who's going to foul the three-point shooter, who's not. But it's all that stuff that builds that team that nobody ever sees. I think that interests me more than anything else. And that would be the toughest part. I mean, that whole day-to-day routine of building that would be Tougher, I think, than just the whole in-game coaching and decision-making in general. But I find that incredibly interesting. Uh, We'll talk about that with Dusty May coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Zach Kiefer from The Athletic will be here in the 4 o'clock hour. So I get a lot of people talking about, all right, so what are the Colts going to do? Colin Cowherd is saying that they're going to trade back with the Raiders. Listen, I will say this. I wouldn't be surprised... I would not be surprised. And yeah, I'm not flip-flopping on what I've said because I'll stick with what I've said because I've said it since October. But of course, there's a reason why everybody so easily wants to point to the whole trade-back scenario. It's because everybody out there, even besides us, can easily understand and can easily see Chris Ballard doing that. That would be no shock whatsoever. You know, I'm thinking about this, and I, I made light of it yesterday you know, with me and Will Levis. It's not because I like Will Levis. It's not because I believe Levis should be the selection here. In fact, he's probably, like, I'll give you a great example. I like Stroud the most. Young would be second. Hooker would be third, and Richardson would be fourth. And the reason why I want to go Richardson a great deal, but Somebody who picks him, if he turns into something, that is going to be your next NFL genius. That's going to be the next NFL genius that had the vision that this guy can turn into this. I just think that the Colts are going to be more steady at this. I think they're going to be more steady, and I think they're going to be more steady with somebody, again, that they've had their attention turned to for an extended period of time. In fact, they're watching workouts of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young in Southern California today. They're going to check out Will Levis. Is that tomorrow, I believe? I think it's on Thursday. Thursday. But there is a lot to hit with Zach Kiefer. And, you know, the other thing, because it's easy to fall into this rut, and we all do, is we all end up talking about the most important piece, and that is number four, and that is finding a future quarterback. But the other needs of this team, the other needs that so far haven't been addressed via free agency, that do need to be addressed – and we'll see if it can be addressed via the draft coming up later on in the month. Zach Kiefer is going to join us. He's going to be here coming up in the 4 o'clock hour to hit that. Otherwise, 239-1070, the email address is jmv1075thefan.com. Show is inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'll go ahead and jump in there with you guys coming up in just a minute. Can't wait to see what's being talked about in there. Actually, I do like it a great deal. Thank you very much. Yes, I did. I did look. The Reds are 3-1. and one. 
Still tied atop the National League Central. Shout out to Tucker Barnhart, who got his first base hit of the season last night for the Cubs. But the Reds beat the Cubs. It's a learning process for me a little bit, too, because some of these guys, I have no idea who they are. It's like, all right, this is Willie Mays Hayes, and (laughs) these other guys, I really don't know who they are. It's a learning process, but I know this, that it is okay. And for other Reds fans out there, it's okay. Don't let anybody say anything about it. We all know what's likely to come sooner rather than later. We know what it's going to look like in August. Well, tell me about that in August. Well, that's why I'm telling you about that right now. Because more than likely, we will not be able to tell you much at all in August. But 3-1 and one right now, and I, for one, will take it. I thought it was an interesting game last night. Same two teams coming up tonight from Great American at 640. Cubs actually got out to a 3 nothing lead in the first inning. Reds came back and came back to win it. But 3-1 and one in the National League Central, and as a Reds fan, that is worth a screen grab right there and a post. Uh, we'll hit that and more. Get to your calls as well inside the lounge via YouTube Live, as I mentioned. The stream and the app up and running. HD radio sounds great. I know that the Acadia has an HD radio in it, and it makes me, like, I sound really bad right now, but I don't know what it does to my voice. And me, it makes me sound incredible. So if you have the means in your ride, utilize that. It makes the signal better and stronger, too, which I know you guys are all wanting to do. It's HD radio. If you have it in your vehicle, utilize that. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Zach Kiefer, Dusty May, and a lot more for you. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at keysimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. It's party time. P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Jason Hetfield's from Bedford, North Lawrence, and recognizes I took a shot at his high school. It's just, that's what it's known as. Um, ask, um, ask some folks from Martinsville when they were number one back in, what, 91? They go down there. It's, um, it's... It was then, and maybe it's not any longer. But everybody talked about it back then that way, and that's good. I'm glad. you got to have those background storylines. It makes it more interesting. It's from Damon Dobbs. Hey, JMV, with the season over now, what's your opinion on the big dance? Was the bracket busting going to be the new norm? I would... 
I would expect it to be that way because I think there's just going to be so much movement that there's no way there's no way around it. I think that you're going to see that be the norm. I mean, again, you take, for example, a Florida Atlantic team that had been together, stayed together. I think it's going to be just like that. That's why I can't wait to see what they look like next year, especially if all those guys end up returning. And you know what's funny about it? It's going to be kicking and screaming for a lot of people because a lot of people thought that this tournament, and, and again, I'm different. Like, I'm different because I was very happy for a friend of mine to get a high level of notoriety in something he had been working at and working for for such a long time. And I know how much time and effort and moving around the country had been put into this. And to see that gratification and what he'd earned with that team, that does, that skews my vision. Because without that, I might look at it like everybody else and go, yeah, I don't know. I mean, other than, what, Virginia and Furman or Creighton and San Diego State or the end of FAU and San Diego State, a lot of people, and rightly so, would probably describe it as being boring. Now, it has to be incredibly boring for me to bail because it is hoop. And I basically watch any form. I even watch the stuff... uh, the million-dollar BT, whatever that thing is in the summertime. I'll watch that. So they have me. But the problem you're going to have is the fringe folks probably did not even pay a whisper of attention. And when I'm talking about the fringe folks, if you don't have a Carolina or a Duke or a Kansas or a Kentucky, I don't know how many people in the bluegrass state decided to pay attention or wanted to pay attention or cared very much at all. If Kentucky's in it, the numbers are huge. I mean, look at the numbers for the women's national championship game on Sunday. Up 103%. I mean, blew the last number, the last closest number completely out of the water. Like, I haven't seen the overnight yet for UConn and San Diego State, but I'm guessing it's probably not going to be a thing to write home about. To get a lot of attention, I mean, you got in, you know, you also have to have that that transformational type of player. And that's one thing that the women had. They had, if nothing else, they had Caitlin Clark and that name. That name that was synonymous with, oh, you know what? That's on right now. So it's the middle of the afternoon on ABC. We better sit down and watch it. And, you know, the Final Four had good players, in it, but unless you found yourself, and that's why I talked about, you know, jumping on board with me and, like, developing a rooting interest with this team that's coached by a friend of mine. You know, I mentioned how I felt a couple of weeks ago when they advanced to the Final Four. It was like a really odd feeling because normally I just kind of sit here and I play the in-between. You know, I want you to be happy. And certainly, I don't know when you guys are ever going to be happy around here. Good luck with that happiness. 
good luck with ever being happy in consistent winning or the level in which you expect to win because it's unfair to look at Purdue and say that they don't win consistently because they sure as hell did. But winning to the tune in which you expect. And the thing that many of you pessimistically expected and ended up getting was being bounced in round number one. So that basically, and it's unfair to say it, but it is true, it completely erased everything. It did. It just erased everything. And with IU, you get a win in the tournament as an IU fan. But you're still kind of looking at it going, yeah, okay. Well, last time they won a title was 1987. And while I love 1987, there are a few like me out there that can tell you exactly what happened on a daily basis in the year 1987. Very few. So, Jim McCann of Southern California says 12.6 million viewers last night, 9.9 for the women. So, 12.6. Jim, give me, um, if you would, give me where that ranks in the past 10 years or so. I'm just kind of curious about that. 12.6. Now, I believe last night it had been on TBS, right? For a number of years, the national championship game, it had been on TBS. And TNT and not on CBS. Last night was on CBS. Did I miss something on that? Maybe I did. But I thought in the the last handful of years, it, it the championship game had been on TBS. But you asked me if this is going to be the norm. I, I would probably guess that it's going to be more the norm, but I would suggest that it isn't. Like, does somebody like me... It makes it interesting to a lot of people out there. It doesn't. Know what I mean? It's like going to a concert. Go to see Dave Matthews Band. When I went to see Dave Matthews Band one time, I didn't recognize any of the songs. Thus, that formed a relatively unflattering opinion about Dave Matthews Band at a show. And that was an unfair opinion because I'm sure it was great. But I was just saying, can you play too much? Is it too much to ask for ants marching? Is there any satellite going to be played? And, you know, he's playing B and C and D and F sides of stuff that I'd never heard in my life. And that's exactly how a lot of sports fans feel when there's not a Duke or a Carolina or a Kentucky involved. It's like me going to a Dave Matthews Band concert and then playing something that they've done once in Charlottesville, Virginia, back in 1992. I have no idea. Doesn't mean it's not great. Doesn't mean it's not a terrific product. But that's kind of what you get when, and I'm like the flip of that. Like, I represent from Indiana State, thus I'm a mid-major representation. I want to see those mid-majors thrive. I love it. Others don't. Others don't. I understand that. So you're probably going to get more of this. And, you know, again, if you saw everybody that said, hey, if you were somebody out there that felt that this wasn't going to be any good because there were no blue bloods involved, and certainly UConn is one. 
but you didn't have any of these name recognizable to less than an average college basketball fan out there, well, you're really going to miss out. I mean, that's just like me going to a show. It's, it, I mean, it, it's like going to see Van Halen and when David Lee Roth said, oh, yeah, right now we're going to play something for um, our new tattoo album. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom then because I don't care. Yacht Rock Review. You go there to see them cover Ambrosia. You go there to see them cover Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. I don't go there to see their original material. Hold on a minute. We're going to go ahead and play some original songs we've uh, put together. All right. Let's go to the crapper. That, in terms, is how a lot of people feel when there is not that heavy, name-recognizable draw in a Final Four in a championship game. And I'm assuming that's how a lot of people felt last night. Now, I will say this. I look on the surface and 12.6 million sounds like a lot. I just don't know where that compares to other years. Now, Allen said the weekend Final Four games, I knew they were on TBS. I just thought that in the past, the championship game had been on TBS too. Was I inebriated and just thought that or not I'm just, I thought that that had been the case for the last handful of years but again to long winded answer your question yeah that's probably going to have an effect the transfer portal is going to have an effect and you may see more of these surprises not be so much a surprise anymore I mean think about it in terms of how long we went before a number one seed was upset and now you've seen it now what two out of the last five years And again, that first one didn't have a any effect whatsoever on NIL and on the transfer portal. This certainly will. And I think that you're going to see more of that in the future. Think about who won. What was UConn, a four seed? Last night you had a matchup in the championship game of a four and a five? Yeah, people like, especially those that aren't hardcore fans like us, they... You know, they want to know, they want the the Carolinas and the Dukes and the Kentuckys and things like that. That's like me going to a Dave Matthews show and wanting too much and ants marching. A very apt comparison right there. All right, quick break and we shall return. Top of the hour, Zach Kiefer is going to join us from The Athletic. We shall talk about a variety of things. I want to get to the quarterback thing, but there's also other aspects of this team. Gaps that need to be filled, how much of which can be taken care of. Who else should be we looking at in this particular draft is the question here. And I know that all, and I mean all, of our focus has been, and rightly so, on the quarterback. That's what you care about. We play the hits around here. That's the other thing. In terms of playing the hits, that's exactly what we do right here. You play the hits. You play what goes for you, what you care about. Like, if I dive into all this, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers and you all this national stuff, well, what about Kyrie Irving? Look what he's done in Dallas. You guys can get that crap anywhere. You guys can go right now and get it. So, we give you something that you don't get. We give give you, really, an element that nobody else cares about. They don't care about you nationally. They don't. We care about you. They don't care about you. They care about you when Andrew Luck surprisingly retires. They don't care about you otherwise. 
very localized here. Quick break, and we shall return. Zach Kiefer, top of the four. We got Dusty May in the 5 o'clock hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Trackside's here coming up at 7 o'clock with Kevin and Kevin tonight. A recap of the Texas race, which on Sunday was outstanding. Uh, Jimmy Cant says in 2015, Duke, Wisconsin was $28 million. Uh, $12 million last night for that national championship game. I think I have this right. Other years in 17, 17 million. Uh, 20 and 16, 23, it was 18. I think that's what I read right there. Yeah, it's, uh, it, people asked me a little bit earlier if you're going to get more of of what we like to describe as bracket busting. Yes, yes, and yes. I think as teams, especially in single elimination settings, get closer and closer. Because let's face it, I mean, you, you can have a, a terrific player, but you can also have a group, especially at the guard position, that can get you past. Jared G checks in with this. We need to get some sound playing during the commercial breaks on YouTube. Even if it's just you making fart noises, I can do that if you like. Uh, Either fake or naturally. Um, I've I've never thought I'd miss hearing you read ads for naturally nude pajamas, but the silence during the break is deafening. Hold on a minute. Let me jump inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Is this true? Are we not liking there's no sound in there whatsoever right now, James? True? Not during breaks, no. <laughs> yeah, we got to think about doing something else there, I guess, right? I can do whatever you guys want. Yeah, the the copyright of songs like puts the hose to us all the time. So that is what they're guarding against right now. Yeah, it's certainly nothing against sound. But that's what they're guarding against right now. I can't even find. I'm trying to get in the YouTube live chat right now and can't even get there. Thank you. Oh, there I am right there. Got good looking I am. Thank you very much. So no sound in there and nobody likes it, huh? Uh, that is another way that you can watch, you can listen, be a part of it too. I'll check in with these guys in just a second. Yeah, J-Law says the silence is deafening in here. 
Uh, Jason says, hey, JMV, why no Yacht Rock bumper music to fill the silence during the breaks? You can't do that because uh, the Yacht Rock music is copywritten. Can we fake something up? How about this? I know I got a lot of band band members that are out there. Should I have them send in stuff that we can use? I mean, that might be an option. How about that? If you're a, a member of a band and you want to put together, how long do we need here? How long do these things need to be? Uh, I mean, anywhere from... I don't know, maybe like try and get us like 10 minutes worth of music, 10, 15 minutes worth of stuff. Anybody out there in a band want to put it together? We'll give you some love. That may be the choice right there because people don't like it. How about just generic 80s guitar riffs? Anything like that, especially. I just think it'd be cool to promote a local band who maybe had some of their guitar riffs and their sound in there. I'd be all for that. Again, that's inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Apparently, there is an issue with no sound going down during the breaks. And believe me, that is well over. I mean, you know this. Technologically speaking, I don't have much for you. This is from Wilson. It is Tim Wills 315-22710 with a lot of numbers right here. So good sportsmanship is no longer important. Okay, a no. We're allowed to feel any way we want about it. Don't need Clark's opinion at all. It doesn't bother her because she's just as guilty of it. (laughs) Yeah, you should listen to her. Especially if you were one out there crying the past couple of days. Yeah, if you were a crier or a screamer or a yeller or a fish shaker. Or you were just trying to come up with some stick. Yeah, you should. You should listen to it. Because it happens. It happens all the time. It happens in competition. Everything is not always just nice and sweet and perfect. And for me, liking sports, I'm sure as hell glad it isn't. I'm not, again, advocating bad sportsmanship all the time. But you, you don't want to, how should I put this? You don't want to roboticize this, do you? We're going to have enough AI infiltration the way that it is right now you guys really want that crap that's the way it was and it didn't really need everybody's stupid opinions afterwards it just oh wow you know what she was competitive she did it she was getting her back you had a team that was really good in lsu that probably felt like that they had a chip on their shoulder they weren't getting enough love i mean all any of this stuff it is all in large part nothing but competition we should embrace that but instead you got to spend 48 hours crying about it then i got to get a tweet about it saying that well all sportsmanship is lost of course it's not you watch this whole thing this whole saga will turn out better for both of those players It will turn out better for both. It's easy. Now, getting both teams to the White House is silly. See, that's just what happens. That's what happens. That's why we don't do it here. That's what happens when you get a certainly a form of politics and political decisions. When that when that ends up, just let sports people handle the sports here. All right, the winners go. Let the winners go. That's how it is. It's always how it has been. Let the winners go. That's an easy decision. Let's see what happens next year. 
Zach Kiefer on the other side, Dusty May in the 5 o'clock hour. We're trying to fix your musical needs inside the lounge via YouTube Live during the breaks as well. Anybody has a band you want to send me some stuff? We'll put that inside the lounge via YouTube Live for you. Can we do that? Am I saying stuff that can't be done? That might be a question for engineering. I'm not 100% well, sure. Hell. <laughs> They love me on Saturday night when it's 9 o'clock. I go, hey, you know what? This button's not, why is this not working? Because you haven't turned it on is what they end up saying. They love me. Quick one back with you. Zach Kiefer's next. Don't go anywhere. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back here. Wes Scantlin. Once upon a time, tried to use his Wikipedia page as ID at the Kokomo Red Lobster. Shout out to that idiot. <laughs> you know who Wes Gantlin is over there? Uh, the lead singer of Puddle of Mud. I don't have my ID on me, but hold on. Here's my Wikipedia page. Like, Really, not only is that clown, that's like douchey clown right there. Well done. Everything is blurry. Imagine imagine getting turned away at the Kokomo Red Lobster. That's outstanding. Mike McCann writes this. I'll send you some of my live CDs from my early 2000s stoner rock band, White Widow. Send them, baby. Send them. And I know about Tommy Baldwin, by the way, too. Andrew Barnett says, have your producer look up local indie guitarist Tommy Baldwin. I think one time I was doing a show up at Parks Place and Fishers, and he was coming on right after me. Tommy Baldwin, everybody. All right, get back to you guys on the phone in a second. Dusty May coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. The head coach of Florida Atlantic, Zach Kiefer of the Athletics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Is that a sneeze right there, or is that what was going on? What was that noise? John, I'm, I'm opening my windows in my office. It's a nice day here. It is a nice day, isn't it? How's your office? Is it nice? It's not too bad. It's it's about the only place in my house that stays quiet all day. So I get away from the dog. The kids are at school. I can actually get some work done over here. But it's getting harder because it's getting really nice out today. So maybe a couple golf swings before the draft if I can squeeze them in. Yeah, no doubt about that. Zach Kiefer is with us. I know you as well as us inundated with – Quarterback questions, and, and I've said this before. I'd, I'd heard this going back to October that uh, the Colts really like Will Levis, and that that really hasn't changed to me. I'm not suggesting this could not change because I know that there are a lot of variables going on here and what they end up coming down with. You think that, it, to me, is it more logical right now that they draft Levis at four or that they would trade back and try to get somebody a little bit later and get value out of that four pick? What's more logical to you as we sit here and talk? Yeah, I, I like staying put. I like staying put. I, I'm tired of, of this team sort of playing defense or trying to get value, right? I think you need to be a little bold, a little aggressive, and, and roll the dice at some point. You can't just sit on the sidelines and just keep waiting for the perfect situation to come to you. And I'll be honest, John, I don't think we've talked since I went to Kentucky for Levis's pro day. would have been two Fridays ago, right before the owners' meetings. Right. And I didn't know a whole lot about him as a dude. I didn't really, and that's what the pro day trip was for. And, you know, talking to Liam Cohen, his OC that first year at Kentucky, when Levis was at Penn State, he was texting Cohen every day during spring practices. 
wanting film. And then he would have 15 questions or so after every single practice, wanting to know more. Um, you know, you always have questions about a guy who has a better junior year than he does senior year, but the injuries were pretty substantial for Levis last year. He's a tough player. He played through that. There's certainly concerns. If there wasn't, he'd be a little bit higher on most people's boards. But I came away with a very positive impression of Will Levis, the person, that I didn't really know about after my trip to Kentucky. So the other thing is Brad Walker is there, and he was the Colts linebackers coach early you know, under Chuck Pagano. And, and so I think that's a really good resource this team's going to lean on. He runs the defense. He was around Levis every single day the last two years in Lexington. They're going to ask him a lot of questions. And if he gives a favorable review, that's a really good sign for Will Levis. Were you taking it all? I know you didn't go to Gainesville. But were you taking it all at the workout? I, I try really hard, Zach, not to get all excited about the way somebody does on their own pro day like that. But it was really hard last week to watch Anthony Richardson do all that stuff, be so big, be so fast, so agile, so strong, have such a great arm and all that stuff. The only problem is we really don't know whether or not he can play quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's a better prospect than he is quarterback. No doubt. And, and you got to be a quarterback to win at this level. Um, honestly, I didn't put too much stock in the throwing sessions. I'll be honest. I was talking to a Colt scout who was there, and he basically said it's another box to check. You're not going to see anything you don't already know, right? Like, we knew we knew Levis could throw it a mile. We knew Richardson is maybe the most athletically gifted quarterback we've ever seen as a prospect because we saw that at the Combine. But, you know, there was, a, there was a difference in the two pro days I went to. C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, very accurate. You could see it on the, um, the touch throws on the sideline, you know, the layered throws in the middle of the field, guys not having to slow down. You could see it on the deep balls, too. He's just a smoother release. Levis was a little bit more inaccurate. There was one, I don't know, five to ten yards over the middle that he just rocketed. It, it was shades of Jacob Eason in training camp a couple of years ago. Not what you want to see. But, again, these guys are completing 90% of their throws and they're wearing shorts. And, you know, you have to point out the fact that, you know, Stroud's throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., for God's sakes. And Will Levis's guys dropped five or six of his passes. So it's not real football. It's not. And the teams don't make a big deal about it. That's why Ballard wasn't there. Steichen wasn't there. They get a lot more from what they're doing right now. They're visiting with all these quarterbacks for private workouts and then interviews right now. And I think uh, from my understanding, that'll be done by next week. And everyone wants to know who the Colts are going to pick. I don't think the Colts know at this point. And I think that's fair. Jim Irsay said that last Monday night when we met with him at his hotel suite. They're still doing their research. And the very, very important part are the interviews that they're going to have with these guys, these longer interviews, not the 15-minute sessions they do at the Combine. That's when they really start to get to know these guys a little bit more. And as you know, at the quarterback spot, that's so that's so important. I'm curious what you think about this. And I know that he's the owner, and he, sure, is going to know everything. But do you think that, especially before the owners' meetings, before Jim talks to you guys in the fashion in which he did, do you think that they they kind of keep it secret from the owner before he has the opportunity to talk? I, because I, I will sit here and suggest, I bet you, and they wouldn't cop to it. I would not expect them to, but I bet they do. I don't think you're wrong. And I'll, and I'll say this, and, and I don't want to speak for Joel Erickson of the Star and Stephen Holder of ESPN, who were there with me. But of the three interviews we had that day, we learned progressively more with each interview. And a lot of it is based on who we talked to, right? We had Shane Steichen at about 730 in the morning, and 
he didn't say much, right? He was buttoned up. He's a coach. He didn't reveal hardly anything. We sat down with Chris Ballard <laughs> outside on the little hotel plaza about noon, and we learned a little bit more. And then we take a bus ride over to the Phoenician, and we sit on Jim Mercer's hotel suite patio, and we learned a whole lot more. So it was progressively more revealing. I don't know. Jim Mercer, he doesn't answer to anybody. Nobody really tells him what to do. Um, I love the fact that he can't help but be honest. He, he's straight up. He doesn't lie. Oh, I, I would agree with you on up. that, yeah. And, and you learn the most about that. And, and I walked out of that hotel suite, and I was not alone, thinking that Lamar Jackson is not in the short-term play for this team. Now, if they miss out on their quarterback in the draft, I think anything's possible. And they're not ruling anything out. But it certainly didn't seem like something Jim Irsay wants to do. He wants to build from the ground up. He wants to draft a rookie and then use that rookie contract to address the other needs that, the, that we know that this team has. Does it matter? Can you tell at all? And this is kind of me saying, can you read the tea leaves by who the Colts end up sending to these workouts and these pro days? Is there anything into that? No, I, I think if we're looking into that, we're just over. We're just over. Oh yeah, well everything. we're doing we're doing that every minute anyway. So we're yeah. doing that every day for the next twenty five sure. days, and, and right. that's that's the fun part because there's no real clear answer. Um, but maybe I'm overthinking it. But you know, we're all talking about what Ursay wants, and we're all talking about what Ballard's tendencies are. The one guy we're not talking about enough is Shane Steichen, and this was an interesting tell from last week. Ursay said point blank that, that Ballard and Steichen are going to make this decision. They're going to make this decision. And barring something unpredictable or illogical, illogical was the word he used, he's not going to overstep that. Now, John, we all lived through last season, right? We know, we know that's <laughs> happened before. Yeah. I do think Ursay has taken a very purposeful step back. He's going to let Ballard make this call. He's going to let Steichen have his say. and He's going to jump in and get in the way. They are going to build this quarterback. They're going to build this offense around this quarterback. That's what Steichen wants to do. And Ballard's track record speaks to that. He's, he's usually given the coach the quarterback he wants. Now, for better or for worse, right? Like Frank Reich wanted Carson Wentz, and Ballard wishes he could go back and, and, and not do that trade. Now, last year, Frank Reich wanted Matt Ryan, but so did Chris Ballard. And Ursay was the one who pushed that over the line. So it's going to be fascinating to see where Steichen comes down in all of this. And the one – the one thing we don't know is we know he's worked with a bunch of different quarterbacks with a bunch of different skill sets, right? Phillip Rivers is your prototypical pocket passer late in his career. He did wonders with, with Justin Herbert as a rookie, and he really elevated Jalen Hurts in terms of accuracy the last year and a half in Philly. What does he prefer? We don't know because he's never been a head coach before. But the one thing that, that Steichen's not going to bend on is that obsessive quality. He wants a guy who, who eats, drinks, and sleeps football. And maybe that's hard to find out in the draft process because these quarterbacks are all going to tell you that, right? They're going to tell you what you want to hear. But I think that's sort of the art of it. We can all watch the tape. We can all see these guys for what they are and what they're not as football players. But the art of it is figuring out if they're a real dude, for lack of a better phrase. Like, who's the guy that's really all about football? And who's the guy that's just in this because they like what football brings them? That's a debate the Colts have in the draft room a lot, Chris Ballard told us last week. What's this guy going to do when he gets paid? Because you're drafting this guy to be here for 10 or 12 or 15 years, which means one of these colossal quarterback contracts that are coming. So that's a debate they're going to have in the draft room. What's this guy going to do if he has success? And I think Steichen's perspective is going to be really fascinating because I think he's going to have a lot bigger say than a lot of us are saying right now. 
So Zach Key for the Athletics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What what goes into a workout? For example, so the Colts go to Southern California where both uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are going through workouts for them. Um, do, do they have like a checklist of stuff where these guys go through it uh, according to what they want and what they want to see? How does that work? Yeah, they definitely do. You're going there to get information, right? You're going there to test this guy. You don't want him to be comfortable. And so what I what I liked from the two pro days I saw was was Will Levis's was run by Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother. He's a QB coach, really good, really smart. He was basically calling out plays at the line of scrimmage for Will Levis to run on the spot. So the quarterback's not comfortable. It's not scripted. It's a little bit out of the comfort zone for them, right? You're going to see how they react in real time, and they got to make the plays without a lot of notice. That matters. I think that was a little bit less scripted than C.J. Stroud's, and, and that's, that's how football works, right? So they're going to run them through that, right? They're going to control the workout. They're going to tell them what to do. They're not going to be prepared. The quarterbacks are not going to know what's going to come, and they're going to test them on that. But I think when you get to the film room, that's what you really learn. Like I remember Bruce Arians telling me a story about Andrew Luck and how you know, they would get him in the film room and they would tell him five different things. And then after the workout, so a couple hours later, they would go back. And Arians would tell him, well, this, this, and this. And Luck would point out, well, that's not what you said the first time. So they're testing them every single step of the way to try and pick up things and tells and checks and audibles and all those different things. And honestly, let's be honest, it was a little bit easier with Andrew Luck at that point because everybody knew where they were going. This one's a little bit more complicated. And so, you know, Will Levis is coming from a pro-style system. C.J. Stroud's coming from a system where he had – everything you could ever want around you in terms of talent. And the Big Ten isn't quite the SEC in a lot of ways in terms of the defenses you're facing. So there's a lot of nuance to the decision. And, and they're going to work these guys out, and they're going to get to spend some time with them. And, and honestly, it's, it's the best chance you're going to get to really see who these guys are. So I don't have a problem with the Colts not knowing who they're going to take right now because I feel like these couple of weeks before they stack their board – are the really the most revealing portions of this draft process. And when you're drafting a quarterback, so much of it is not just what you see on tape. It's what kind of human being are you drafting? And is this kid going to be mature enough to step into an organization where every single player is looking to them to be the guy? Zach Kiefer is with us. I never thought an ounce that the Colts are going to have interest in Lamar Jackson. And I have said such. Um, wow. And then Jim Irsay last week, you know, came out and said what he said. And I'm curious, do you think that this would come down more to, because we both know this, that Jim Irsay would love nothing more than a quick turnaround. But do you think this is more about just stratospherically with guaranteed money, how they want to stay away from that? Or is this more about what the rest of the league wants and Jim Irsay wanting to be the voice of NFL owners around the league? What, what, what has carrying more yeah. weight in this case with Lamar Jackson uh, in mind? I'm going to side with the latter. You know Jim Irsay. You know how much he sees ownership as stewardship. That's a word he's used. He doesn't like the word owner. He likes steward. He's a guy that brings up Palace and Lamar Hunt and all these legendary owners and how they built the game up. And there was a moment last week during the owners' meetings, there was a picture on the wall of the owners' meeting from 1988 at the same hotel, the Biltmore. And Jim Mercer is the only guy in that picture that's still there. Now, Mike Brown, the, the Bengals owner, was in the picture, but he's not at these meetings because he's 88 and he doesn't travel that much anymore. So, you know, that kind of stuff matters to Jim Mercer. And to pivot to Lamar Jackson, 
you know, Jim Mercedes' words were very clear. I don't believe in guaranteed contracts at all, at all. He said it twice. Now, maybe Lamar will settle for a little bit less than guaranteed, but the point was Jim Mercedes is not going to be the owner that breaks that norm. He's not going to go against the consensus. He's not going to do what Jimmy Haslam did in Cleveland last year where a desperate Browns franchise awarded $230 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson after everything Deshaun Watson had been accused of. That's not going to be what Ursay does. And that's very important to him. His reputation and his standing in the league, that stewardship is really important to him. But, you know, if you just look at the football side of it, Lamar's got a lot to like, right? 46-15 and 15 as a starter. He's won an MVP. But something Chris Ballard has mentioned before that's come to my mind is he said this about paying players. You don't pay a player for what he's done. You pay a player for what he's going to do. And that's not to say Lamar Jackson can't have some great football ahead of him. He will. He's tremendous. But the reality is there are very real concerns about his injuries. He's missed 11 games the last two years at the worst time of the year, December and January. He missed a playoff start. And there's real concerns about his style of play and if it can last for 10 years. And when you're talking, let's just say, $150 million guaranteed, that's a very real concern for teams. But Jim Mersey, the interesting thing that he said last week multiple times, it's not the money. These are his words. It's not the money. That's not an issue for me. That's what he said. He can drop $150 million, no problem. It's the way you build your team. And he doesn't want to give up those gold nuggets, the gold nuggets being first-round draft picks. He doesn't want to give those up. And he doesn't want to build a roster around a quarterback who's going to get paid $50 million a year when you can't address the other needs on the team. So, you know, Jim Irsay, for all the impatience of the last six months, and I'm going back to Jeff Saturday and Frank Reich and all that, I wrote the story. He was impatient. He was impetuous a little reckless, right? I really feel like, for the most part, he will be a patient owner, and he wants to give Shane Steichen a rookie quarterback to to build the offense around and to develop over time. He feels like that's the best way to win in this league, and he kept mentioning the teams that have done it. He mentioned Philly on Jalen Hurts' rookie deal, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. They gave him the big contract, but he's homegrown. Josh Allen with the Bills. That's what Ursa desperately craves. And he mentioned the two Lombardis again. Everybody out there is probably laughing because they were 4-12-1, and one, and why are you talking about multiple Super Bowls? That's Jim Ursay. And he feels like his best chance to win a Super Bowl and then another one is to build it from the ground up so you can build something that sustains itself. Zach Kiefer, the Athletics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Here's a hypothetical for you. If this Lamar Jackson situation was a year ago and the Colts were in complete desperation mode, to clearly see something on tape of Matt Ryan that no longer did exist and believe that, and in desperation mode because Jim Irsay put them there wanting to move on from Carson Wentz at quarterback. And before Jim Irsay says a word about Daniel Snyder and before he, he kind of stepped up to be that voice of leadership among the NFL owners, would he have been more apt to take a chance and be more interested in Lamar Jackson a year ago? Yeah, I think so. I think I think it makes just too much sense. There wasn't the second injury, and Lamar was closer to that MVP season. And then secondly, what were your options, right? And old Matt Ryan, and then I think the backups were like Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston. Like, none of that really does it for you. And remember, the Colts thinking a year ago was, we're close. All we have to do is replace the quarterback, Carson Wentz and we'll be fine. So they went out and signed a 37-year-old Matt Ryan, and it didn't fix the problem because the problems went far deeper than the quarterback. But, again, that was part of the issue. And I asked Jim Irsay, 
last Monday night. I said, what are your biggest regrets of the last two years? And he said, look, it, it was a lesson I already knew. You can't convince yourself you're closer than you are. And so the guy, that goes kind of back to my previous point where he really wants to build this up from the beginning, and I think he's willing to be patient to do that. But if they would have made a move for Lamar Jackson last year, no, the Ravens wouldn't have been ready to do it. But secondly, that would have been fun because that would have been fun. He would have been running for his life this year behind this offensive line. But as dynamic and as talented as he is, that would certainly have been entertaining. Hey, Zach, do you think Hendon Hooker is in the mix as far as this decision at quarterback's concerned? I don't think so. It's it, it, it certainly you can make a case for that. If they're able to get a stud defensive player at four and then maybe they have to trade up late first round to get Hooker. I really don't think that. I think the injury takes him off the board. I think they're going to go with if those two guys are left, Richardson or Levis. That's my gut. That's kind of what I've heard from people that are paying attention to this, that are inside the know. Um, I feel like it's going to be Levis or Richardson. Yeah, I do too. People bring up Hooker all the time. It, it Here's a great example, because what, what's the timetable of Hooker coming back from that injury? Maybe yeah, you got to wash out the entire year, basically. I, I mean, would, would you – if you're going to do that, then you take the chance on Richardson, right? Yep, hundred percent. I'm and I'm and I think they I think they will. I think if you draft Anthony Richardson, and despite all the needs, you know, with Gardner Minshew being your quarterback, I think Ballard would sit him for a year. I think Ursay would be patient, and I think that's the right play. You don't want to rush this kid in. He needs to learn. He's only started 13 college games. Like, I think a year as a redshirt would benefit him tremendously. And if, this is the other thing Ursa mentioned a couple of times. He mentioned 2025, and he mentioned 2027. This guy's thinking long-term. He's thinking five years from now with this decision. And so this is not a situation where if you land a guy that's not ready to play, you don't force him in to try and make the playoffs in 2023. This team's not there yet. They got some nice pieces, but they got a lot of holes. And so I think you could really set your franchise back if you start him too soon. Richardson's 21 years old. Let him sit for a year and take your lumps. If that is the philosophy right now, don't you go Richardson's direction? Don't you do that? Yeah, I I think so. Because will Ellinger be the third quarterback on this team behind whomever and Gardner yeah. Minshew? He'll be a part of the mix, right? Yeah, Foles is on the roster, but even Ursay didn't even mention Foles as, as as on the roster. Like he likes Sam, but as a third and. And the reality is this bet, if they draft Richardson, if they draft a player like that, whoever they draft a quarterback, the bet is not just on the quarterback, right? The bet is on Shane Steichen. The bet is that he can make this guy a really, really good quarterback because they're not going to get drafted one or two like Stroud and like Bryce Young. So that's, that's going to be the fascinating part. But um, I, I, I just don't think – I don't think Foles is going to be in the fa- in a factor at all. And I think – you know, gun to head, they would roll with Minshew if they had to because they're going to play the long game. You know, what's funny about that is, and not everybody, but some some would find, and, and this is in a season in which we can all see what's coming here, some Colts fans would find it interesting to see what Minshew has. Why? Because they found him interesting for a handful of years now, and I think that they would find it interesting while, while you wait. Now, to me, I would rather have somebody be able to step in there, take their lumps, and have at it. But I, I just think in, in terms of how you think about Menchu's fit here, his ultimate fit in this season, maybe that speaks more to them having interest in Richardson because you are going to wait. 
and see how that turns out longer than you would. Certainly a Will Levis type. I think every Colts fan out there thinks Gardner Minshew is terrific because they watched him go 19 for 21 in that opener a couple of years ago and basically dice up what was, you know, eventually a pretty good Colts defense. But look, I mean, I think Minshew's pretty good, and, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a crazy thought to think that he's better than any of the three quarterbacks they had on the roster last year. Right? Like Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Sam Ellinger? Like, well, from what we I, witnessed. I would, yeah, from what we witnessed. Yeah, that's not a stretch. The argument, at the very least, I think Mitch is probably in that Jacoby Brissett tier in terms of good enough to play if he needs to, a very good backup if he doesn't. And, and that's really why they made this play for the bridge quarterback. Now, it's different because Mitch played well last year for Philadelphia, but what was he playing behind? The, one of the best offenses in football, the best offensive line in football with one of the best play callers. Now, he's got that play caller here in Indy, and, and I almost like that the Colts are bringing back Ryan Kelly with the new offensive line coach and saying, all right, go prove it. Like, you're going to have a bounce-back year. You need to have it. Otherwise, we're going to have to move on. And, and same thing kind of for Kenny Moore, right? He's entering a contract year. He's going to have a lot of motivation to play the best football of his life. So I don't hate those moves. I thought they would probably move one or two of them. But the fact that they're coming back, those guys are going to have a lot of motivation. So we'll see what happens with Minshew, but – honestly, he could be better than anything they had at quarterback last year, which isn't saying much, but maybe it's a step in the right direction. Maybe while you, while you let the new guy wait for a little bit. All right, Zach, final quick thing here. Is there a timetable on when we should expect to hear from, you know, through you or, you know, Stephen Holder or anybody else, maybe ESPN in longer form from Jeff Saturday about how last season went down? I wonder, are Colts fans dying to, to relive that? I wonder. I want, uh, I, I want to know. I, I mean, I, then again, yeah. I think the problem we're going to have is he wants to maintain. I think he wants to maintain within the organization his stature there. So he's probably not going to go 100% everything. But I would like to know. I would be kind of curious. Yeah. You know, and I, and I detailed a lot of that in a late, late season story. I think the story was published a couple of days before the finale. It wasn't all on Jeff, but it was definitely inside the building on the frustrations with Ursay and, and all that. But um, I reached out to Jeff after the season, never heard back. Um, I, I did find it fascinating. And I don't know if you did, but during the coaching search with about two weeks to go, I reported that he wasn't the favorite and he wasn't likely to get the job. Now, there were some national reports floating around that he was Ursay's pick and he was going to get the job. And that's just certainly not what I was hearing. And then obviously Jeff is very friendly with some national reporters out there from his time at ESPN. So, look, I would love to read it as well. But to be honest, man, last year took years off my life. And I'm not anxious to go back to it anytime soon. Yeah, I just I, I kind of want to know what really went down. And I, I just I'd be a Afraid, I shouldn't be afraid, but I, I would think it's probably he's not going to go. I don't think too deep into the negativity here no, because he's he, still. He, I, and and yeah. even if even if that you know the you know the what, what they did online, some of these asinine, ridiculous knucklehead Colts fans did with that petition. I don't even think that'll play a role. I think he'll be more quiet than he will anything else about it. The real stuff. Yeah, he he's a good dude, and and he's a great Colt, and I think. In a year or two, if he comes back for one of the Ring of Honor ceremonies, I think he gets a big ovation. I don't think this will be held against him. He was in a pickle. He decided to try and help the team. He wasn't a fit. And whether he saw that, whether Jim Mercer didn't see that, we all saw that. 
Um, but there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. And um, he could have a role with this organization down the line. I'm not ruling that out. Um, but honestly, I think it, it, it's, it's probably eight games that Colts fans just want to erase from their memory banks. <laughs> Fair enough. Zach Kiefer of the Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Get out there and swing them in this nice weather. I'm going to try. Have a good one, man. Appreciate you, buddy. Zach Kiefer on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Quick break. Got a surprise for you next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Florida Atlantic head coach Dusty May, friend of the show, coming up at the top of the hour. Your national champion, UConn. Your runner-up, San Diego State, of course. FAU a part of the mix over the weekend in that national semifinal, losing on that buzzer beater by San Diego State. UConn all over the Aztecs last night. We'll double back to that coming up in a bit. Pacers off until they take on the Knicks. I'm actually going coming up tomorrow night to the Pacers-Knicks game. Me and I think uh, Michelle, Brent Halverson are going. Heaven Hill Distillery coming up tomorrow night. Maybe a little slide by Pearl Street on the way from what I hear. So Pacers and the Knicks coming up tomorrow night. Trackside's tonight at 7 o'clock. I saw Kay Lee in here a little bit earlier. That is Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee. Trackside will go back and take a look at that Texas race won by Joseph Newgarden this past Sunday. Meantime, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, it is coming up later on this evening. It is to celebrate the life of Officer Brianna Leith, the third annual Bree Workout Challenge, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have on the show for the first time Commander Ida Williams to talk up this event coming up later on tonight. Ida, thank you very much for the time. How are you? I am good, thank you, and thanks for having me. Absolutely, because this is an an incredibly important event, and I know that uh, all of you want to get as as many ears and as many eyeballs on this as possible. What does this third annual event, this workout challenge entail, Ida, later on this evening? So again, um, what it entails is basically just an opportunity for IMPD to pay tribute to our beloved officer Brienne Lee. Like you said, as you as everyone know, we lost Bree um three years ago coming this Sunday, April the ninth, and um where she was killed in the line of duty. So we do a number of things to honor her and to uh cherish her memory and not only that, let her family and her beautiful son know that will never be forgotten. And so this evening, we'll start um, some of these events. And like you said, the challenge will consist of a, it's free, first of all. Let me tell the audience that it is free. But it's going to be fun and interactive. 
Um, it's going to consist of a two-mile run, and again, don't let that scare you, but the two-mile run and also 77 push-ups, 77 sit-ups, and 77 squats. And the significance in those three 77 digits is because when you total those numbers up, you get 231, and that was Officer Lee's number, boy 231. Wow, that's that's awesome, too. Is this the third year for the event, yes. as I see here, too? Yes, and we will be at the Training Academy, IMPD Training Academy, 901 North Post Road. Registration starts at 545, and the event will start right at 630. So we're just asking uh, community members to come up. They can register if they want to via the link, um, and that link is a, it's an event right link. And, of course, it's breed-workout-challenge. And um, But if they don't want to register, that's fine. We're asking everyone just to come out again to Post Road and just support us as well as the Lee family. Yeah, I got the information. Commander Ida Williams joins us from IMPD on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It is a free event slash RSVP at belightbree.eventbrite.com. That's where you go with Eventbrite to, again, take part and make sure you're a part of this tonight or you can just head out to 901 north post road and uh if you want to 317-327-IMPD for more information regarding this event again coming up later on tonight it starts at 6 30 now um i i don't know if i should do this or not but maybe one of these days we should have like a, a challenge me and phil burton like back and forth doing push-ups and two mile runs can we do that I would love it. I would love it. I, I hope Commander Burton is listening. Um, I guarantee so, uh, he is. He is a huge <laughs> fan of the show right there. And I see him often. He comes out off duty, comes out uh, and hangs out. And I love the dude. And um, yeah. I have I have such a great deal of respect for him and what he's done and what he has given to this city over the years. Unfortunately, Commander Williams, he would probably whip. He'd whip up on me. I think he's still in pretty decent shape. Well, he is, but but don't you sell yourself short either. Don't you? Sell oh well. Short. <laughs> but but I tell you, it would be wonderful to watch. It would. Yeah, I think it would. I'm going to get. I'll get an email here in in less than five minutes. I guarantee you that <laughs> once again. But yeah, I. And I and, and I'm surprised you're not calling me yet either. I know it. Well, you probably you may end up getting a text or something before I get an email. But just know this that it it certainly is is coming again. It is the third annual Bree Workout Challenge. It's at six thirty later on tonight, and uh, we're joined by Commander Ida Williams of IMPD with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. One more time for folks that maybe are just joining us about this event and how they can take part, and certainly you know embrace. Um, what in this case Brianna Leith meant to so many people around here she did you know she was just um, just a bright shining light I mean she was beautiful on the outside as well as on the inside and again everyone that met her loved her and I think you've heard that through, through the years and so again tonight just means so much to us and again we called her Brie but the acronym Brie actually stands for, and exactly what she was, she was brave, she was resilient, and she was empowering. So, again, we, we miss her, we love her, um, 
And again, we just ask the community to continue to support her, pray for us, and then pray for her family and her young son. Yeah, this workout begins at 6.30 later on tonight at the IMPD Training Academy. That's 901 North Post Road. It is the third annual Bree Workout Challenge Eventbrite slash RSVP, com. And again, that location. And for more information, if you just want to call 317-327-IMPD. Commander Ida Williams with us with all this information for this incredibly important event that's going on via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. All right. You let me know uh, somehow, some way when you hear from Phil Burton, okay? Because I know he's out there somewhere. How, how many? Is he going to run a couple of miles and do some push-ups too? Because i got to have video. I need video. I'm not even sure. For sure. I think he has another commitment, so I don't think he's going to join us tonight. But um, I'll make sure that we contact you to see when we can get something else scheduled. I love that, too. And the next time that I see him out, I, I'll just get video on my phone. I'll make him do push-ups and stuff right in front of me, and I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay? Well, you know he's not going to back down from a challenge. No, no, so. no, no. No, that's, and that's why we love him. That's why we love him the way that we yeah. do. Commander Williams, I thank you very much for coming on the show and for putting on this great event uh, in celebration um, and memorializing, obviously, Brianna Leith. And if you guys need anything else, you'll let me know, and uh, we'll talk it up again. But we'll send as many people as we can over to your place, 630 tonight, the IMPD Training Academy. That's 901 North Post Road. Thank you very much for your time today. Absolutely. And can I say one thing? You can say whatever you want. Go ahead. So, again, not only did Officer Leith represent and and represent everything that we look for in a police officer, I want the listeners to know that we're hiring. And we have positions opening. Our application process is open. And so I would encourage anyone that is interested in the career in law enforcement to please go to our website, joinimpd.ne.gov and learn some more information about how they, too, can become a police officer. Or they can always just call the recruiting office at 317-327-IMPD. You got it. Commander Williams, thank you very much for the time. And uh, hopefully we talk again soon and I can get you that video of uh, Phil Burton doing push-ups. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. You got it. Thank you very much for coming on. Have a great event tonight. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. Commander Ida Williams of IMPD. Again, that's over on North Post Road, 901 Post Road. Third annual Bree Workout Challenge to commemorate Officer Bree Ann Leaf. Uh, third year again for that. Be like Bree.eventbrite.com to RSVP. And true story, I, I'm shocked I haven't heard from him yet, but. <laughs> Phil Burton is out to a lot of my stuff. I love him. He is one of the best guys of all time. One of the best guys of all time. But he comes out to a lot of stuff. I think the last time, maybe up in Fishers. I'm shocked I haven't received an email or a text yet, but I'm sure I will. Outstanding. So, yeah, get involved in that, certainly later on this evening. And we... Appreciate Commander Ida Williams for joining the show, too. Well done. Top of the hour, Dusty May of Florida Atlantic will join us. And uh, we'll talk about that run in the tournament. We'll talk about the future of the team and a lot of things he learned and a lot of things that he was surprised by with that two-plus-week notoriety that he got. 
along with his team, Dusty May, top of the hour. 93.5107 the fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Johnny! Don't! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. Don't! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Jimmy Ellison Jr., a shout-out to Phil Burton, too. I love when we could talk up Phil Burton on this show. Always makes me feel better. Uh, Jeremiah Wheatley writes this. Mr. Ursay is reaching... At the age of desperation as an NFL owner, I can't see him waiting for a buildup. Why take Levis with known injuries over Lamar Jackson? Because, again, the reason why they're not going to have any interest in Lamar Jackson is a combination of three different things. Um, one is, okay, I'm sure money is a big deal, but that is the less, or the lesser of the three. I almost say the lessest. The lesser of the three. Another major reason is he is and wants to be a vocal NFL leader. And basically all other NFL owners, with the exception of uh, what's-his-nuts in Cleveland, they don't like the guaranteed deals. They don't like that deal that would be offered. They don't like the Deshaun Watson one. They wouldn't like it if Lamar Jackson did that. But again, all this stuff is conversation. And you could talk about collusion and all that, okay. But all this other stuff is conversation. The major reason why is because when it's said and done, we're all wasting our breath because he's going to go back to Baltimore. So when he lessens what he wants out of this as his own representation, the first team that's going to be able to jump on that is the team that he is a part of. He's going to go back to Baltimore. So there are three reasons that, again, you can debate, but that is the most logical reason why it's a great conversation, and I would love to be able to continue it because you guys love it. Everybody loves it. A good quarterback, a former MVP conversation. It is just not going to happen. So that's why. And Zach was right. I mean, I told you this regarding Chris Ballard. And now, you know, the length of time that he's going to have to put something together, where a lot of people think, well, if he doesn't get it done this year, then he's, no, it's not happening that way. So those are the reasons why, but the biggest one is the final reason as to why. Hey, believe me, you look back at last year and the desperation that they had 
when Jim Mercer said, all right, Carson Wentz is done. I don't care what has to happen. I don't care. you got to go out and get somebody. And you think about what they saw in 90 minutes of video that they felt compelled enough that Matt Ryan still had gas left in the tank. And as we saw, basically, immediately, he didn't. So that was forced upon them by the owner. But if this Lamar Jackson thing would have taken place last year, sure. If it had taken place before Jim Irsay had been outspoken regarding Daniel Snyder, had been that guy to want to be a voice of the NFL and wants to be heard, wants to be recognized by his peers, then this may have been different. A lot of this would have been different. But it's just not going to happen. And again, that's coming from somebody that would love to have the conversation. Love it. Jonathan at 239-1070. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. I'm good. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I was enjoying your discussion with uh, Zach Kiefer, I think, mm-hmm. uh, earlier. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to bring up the comparison of being in the position for either Richardson or Hooker um, as the quarterback. And well, Hooker's proven he's a good leader, they said, at the combine. Um, 68% uh, completion percentage uh, makes good decisions. And, like, only two interceptions all of last year. Plus an ACL, I don't think um, Zach was quite right. He could be right, but ACLs don't take as long as they used to. No, no, no. I think that a lot of people have suggested November with his availability. And as we all know, oftentimes these athletes of today beat that particular clock or that projection. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's prior to that. So I think Zach's point was, and this is mine as well, if you're going to have somebody where you think that this person is going to sit for a lot of the year, most of the year, would you rather go Hooker or Richardson? Right. I mean, I that's that's what he was talking about right there, because I I think the belief is that maybe Levis would be more ready made to take snaps quicker than anybody else, but may not have the ceiling as the two that we were talking about previously here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do think uh, definitely Hooker is going higher than most people think. Some even haven't projected his top 10, so it wouldn't be a, a waste or desperate if the Colts even took him at four, not wanting to move back and risk not having him. As crazy as that sounds, because he was, you and he were right that Richardson might not prove to be a quarterback. He's so young and um, athletic. He might he might want to run more than he should. Uh, he looks, as an athlete, ridiculous. You just don't know if he can play the quarterback position. And that's going to take somebody that's going to – I mean, that's going to take a chance. And it's probably going to be a situation to where he comes in and doesn't get that playing time in year number one. So, I mean, if, if say, for example, if it's between the three – that's why, you know, along with you know things that you hear over the course of the past you know, six or so months, but along with that is it seems like that they would want somebody or they do want somebody that can jump in quicker. And I just don't mm-hmm. think either a hooker because of coming back from an injury and then Richardson because you just don't know and you, you probably will see him sit and watch a lot in your number one. Well, interceptions killed us. I think out of all of them, Hooker throws the fewest interceptions because he makes the best decisions. I mean, Levis was kind of known for some stupid ones, and we saw enough interceptions last year. So, Jonathan, anything else you got here? No, that's all. I, I know you have to run, so I appreciate it. That's good. It. Man, Jonathan, thank you. Sorry about that. Wrong button.
Yeah, Jonathan's good regarding the clock right here. Jonathan's actually better than me. Dusty May on the other side, the final four run for his Florida Atlantic Owls. You know, I didn't remind him, but we're going to call him. Maybe I should right here. <laughs> How about that? Uh, we'll talk about that. The final four, UConn, your national champion. We got more time for you after that in the five o'clock hour as well. On a Tuesday, downtown, weather warm, people outside, maybe some incoming weather. Certainly more severe is what they say tomorrow. Of course, everybody around here has done a tremendous job of keeping you updated. Now, that and more in the five o'clock hour. Don't leave inside the lounge via YouTube Live or 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Rex Ross tomorrow, I believe. I have something else tomorrow. Did I forget about it? I forget what it is right now. I remember it coming up in a bit. Trackside tonight at 7 o'clock. That's Kevin and Kevin. A recap of Texas this weekend. Zach Kiefer, the athletic a little bit earlier. Colts draft up and coming in the month of April. Got a couple of workouts in Southern California. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud get a workout in Lexington coming up with Will Levis and more. We'll get back into that in a second. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, the month of March goes so incredibly quick. And it goes even quicker when you're enjoying it, like I was watching our next guest and his team roll roughshod to the Final Four in Houston over the weekend, being in that national semifinal on Saturday night. Dusty Mays, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, the pride of Greene County, Indiana's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How you feeling? Good, John. How are you, man? Holy crap. You're excited. Look at you. Uh, You're full of juice. (laughs) <laughs> on to the next thing that's that's our, that's our life right now you know you, you finish one thing and you just you transition to another yeah it's funny i was uh, doing my thing because i'm very superstitious so i'm doing my thing on saturday night my normal job and watching you guys play and when when butler hit that shot i just started getting inundated with tweets saying oh man you know and, and i said well Got to move on to the next thing, and it, it it sounds so cliched, but damn, Dusty, in this day and age, that's exactly what you have to do. You don't have much time to really soak much good or bad up at all, do you? No, to be honest, like now, you, you got to. We have to capitalize. We're such a new program. We're still trying to build a fan base. We're trying to help our guys in every way we can. So, you know, you don't have any time to breathe. You move on to the next. But you know, it's sometime in May. Uh, you can decompress a little bit, but. You know, it's, it's it's a good problem to have. It's it's because we did well. So. All right. Well, tell me how. What, what's the plan to capitalize off of what was an incredible run in the month of March? 
Well, first and foremost, it's, it's roster retention and meeting with their guys, uh, creating a plan for them to improve, for all of them to do, to do better as a group and, and also individually. So that's first and foremost. And then just get out and, and, and work local businesses. We're trying to uh, sell more season tickets. We, we sold out our last seven games. So we'd like for majority of the arena to be sold out with six season ticket holders with seat licenses. So just really getting out in local business, trying to develop relationships and, and – uh, you know, help our guys as much as we can with the NIL space and, and uh, just, just keeping it moving forward. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more with you in a second. Dusty Mays, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I, I know how you value every possession, both sides of the floor, but especially your offensive possession, that one at the end. I mean, it, it almost felt like, I know one, because it was a struggle to get the ball in bounds, but you, you kind of knew, didn't you, that you needed to score on your final possession because where you're a little bit looking forward, kind of uh, just, I, I don't know, concerned about just exactly what happened with that Butler shot. It just seemed like you really did value that final possession, feeling you needed really to score with that final attempt. Well, they caught us off guard a little bit by not fouling with the six-second difference. We, we kind of assumed they were going to foul. They didn't. And then the sideline out of bounds. We had one timeout left. We run a play, and, and we call the our guy take it out, called the timeout with two seconds into it. So it, it kind of got us a little bit disheveled. And then, to be honest, the last play was going to be one of – is either a play for Davis or Martin, depending on how they defended it. And Davis had been in that situation probably 15 times this year and had delivered all 15. Uh, a roop for them made a, a big-time defensive play and, and affected the shot, and then it didn't hit the rim, so it caromed directly to their player on the move yep. without any balances, without any time going off. And then uh, we stop his initial thrust, and I, to be honest, I didn't think they were going to get the shot off. He comes a millimeter from stepping out, yep. and then he just made a great individual play. And to be honest, it, w- it wasn't even that play. Like we, had, we made uncharacteristic mistakes for us with the free throw line blockouts with, you know, we got beat to some loose balls in the last five minutes. So we looked at that as we probably didn't deserve, we didn't feel like we deserved to win like we did most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know you were searching for that stop and it just seemed like it never came. Yeah. And just, and, and, and for whatever reason, I mean, they, they have guys that were, were in a complete funk and they're making hard shots. Even when we went back and looked at the film, we're like, man, these are tough shots. Like, in real time, we were disappointed. Felt like we weren't defending well. But in hindsight, I was like a couple of these. I said, if our guys shot this, I'd be I'd be on them for shooting bad shots. I said, you know, it's just San Diego State played well. We made some mistakes, and they obviously, uh, you know, they're connected. They're together. They believe much like uh, we did this year, and found a way to win it. Yeah, Dusty Mays, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon. You talk about Butler, and you know, being close a millimeter from stepping out of bounds. I thought. Even if he takes one more dribble, doesn't step out of bounds and tries to go baseline instead of between the legs and coming back up and creating a little jump, uh, mid-range jump shot space, I thought you had him then. I mean, I, I did. Yeah. I thought one more, one more half step, one more dribble toward the baseline, and you got this thing. And, you know, to his credit, he just maneuvered to where he got just the least bit of space, and that was enough. Yeah, he went uphill a little bit, John. Yeah. Just, you know, our, our our guy deflected the ball, knocked it loose. He maintained possession of it, and then he just went uphill and and, and made a tough shot. Um, and 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 you know, it's it's one of those things where there's a lot of randomness that goes into it. That he happened to be on a guy that he was. You know, there's a basically an eighty percent chance he would have been on. Uh, uh, someone else would have been on him. The one defender that happened to be on him was was our smallest guy, and he was able to to elevate over him, but. 
uh, like I said, we we didn't look at that as the play that really cost us the game. It was the lapses throughout. So, Dusty May with us, you mentioned how things went down with you were surprised they didn't foul you and the six-second difference and, you know, calling the timeout two seconds into that five-second count to inbounds the basketball. Were you surprised that Brian Dutcher didn't call a timeout in that final possession? Not at all. You've got, you've got the ball in the hands of an of a all-league caliber player, your point guard. And even though it wasn't their best offensive lineup, they had a, a great offensive rebounding lineup. So if he could have just got a good look at the rim early in the clock, they probably could have been in position to get a rebound just because they had all their bigs in, their size was in. Uh, so, no, I, I wouldn't have called a timeout in that position unless things just went south. And we weren't, we, you know, we were fumbling it. We looked disorganized. I, I thought he played it exactly how I would have uh, a broken floor without, against a, a defense that isn't set. And then we might have a chance to sub in different defenders. And there's just so many variables that go into those last possessions. Are they going to change defense? And in that situation, a broken floor, all league guard, you got to let them go make a play. Yeah, I just thought your guys for most of that game just, I mean, came out there certainly like they've been there before. I, I mean, it was just a, a cool and I and obviously you know, down the stretch, missed blockouts, things of that nature. But you guys got up 14 with 14 minutes to go. And it seemed like that it was not 14 minutes. It, it seemed like it took forever. And I, I don't know if that's just the way that it is. I don't know if you feel the same way. But for me, you get up 14 with like 14 minutes to go. It felt like that clock was ticking forever from that point in time on. Yeah, John, and it wasn't like they made a run. They just chipped away yeah. at it. But this, yeah. once again, it was it was uh, it was several mistakes that we made that we don't normally make. Um, you know, fouling the three, barely touching the, the shooter's arm on a three point shot. There's just and then obviously some some calls didn't go our way late in the game. I mean, it, it was the perfect storm. Um, you know, we we felt like we were good enough to advance, but we didn't play well enough that night. And and credit San Diego State because they, they they made plays. So Dusty May is with us of Florida Atlantic. You mentioned what you're doing as you're moving on right now. So do we know as of you and I talking right now that um, that everybody that's eligible to come back is coming back? Yeah, they've all went public that they're 100% coming back. They're doing nice. it all and, and, and this and that. And there's there's been no wavering in our individual meetings. So um, obviously every day is different and things can change as, as people can they can change their minds. Uh, but yeah, as of as of right now, you know they're all 100% coming back. They're preparing as if they're signing leases and doing all the stuff that uh, young men do when they're uh, they're they're preparing to, to to make another run at it. You know, one thing that you said, and this was in a piece with NCAA March Madness. They did a video of you, you in the uh, cowboy outfit, which was nice right there. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that was on camera, by the way. So. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen you in a cowboy hat, but that looks well, like something I, Fabio would probably wear. I, I was a little surprised you had it on. Yeah, I don't know if I, uh, I'll ever wear it again, but if your name is Dusty, you, you got at least have a cowboy hat in the arsenal. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't so much that. Is I, and I, I love what you said here, and I know every coach is different, but you talked about your teams in terms of being connected. And you talked about your team. There are no clicks on your team. That every day is different. You're going to the locker room. Guys are cutting up with different guys in there. And I think that is so essential. And, and watching like a lot of youth, watching my kids play, that is so essential to understand and learn that as a coach when they're young. And that, to me, would have to be 
exceptionally special to have that type of group because it doesn't always go that way, Dusty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of things go into it, John. Number one, we have a like-minded group that they all work hard. They want to win. They they enjoy sharing and sacrificing. They get, it's kind of like when you have kids. Like We enjoy sacrificing for our children or for our family. I think it's it, it's very similar to that. And then the other thing, I think there's a really – like strong mutual respect for each other. Like they, they all respect each other's work ethic, their grind, the way they prepare, the way they show up every day. So I think those things kind of rolled into one. And then, and then also just a bunch of good dudes that, that, you know, have really good perspective on life. So I think you you roll, you roll all that into one and you got a really healthy locker room and, and uh, a team that can, can make some, uh, can make some noise again. I'm, I'm curious coaching this up. And I know that that is, is how you want, to put together a team, how you want to piece this together with personalities like that. But how much of that does just come down to good fortune, too? Just having that group being fortunate to have those personalities, those like personalities. Well, we're very, very intentional as a, as a staff, as a group, to praise the things that are important to us and, and never waver, never put our guys in compromising positions. For example, whatever's important to us, yeah. if they do that and it doesn't go well, then, then we're not blaming them. Then it's just we didn't get it done. And so I, I think a lot of those things all go together. Like we never praise the guy that made the shot. It's the guy that set the screen or made the pass or created the, the, the driving lane, whatever it is. So we're very intentional about everyone, like like the old North Carolina teams, always thinking the passer with a point. Well, we think the screener. If I drive and you get a good seal and give me a layup, it, it you know you'll hear our assistant coaches think the think the sealer, think the big for sealing. Like, so if 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 I make a shot and three guys come running over to high five me, our staff will stop. No, 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 no. Go high five him. He set the screen. Go high five him. He's the one that made the early pitch head pass or whatever the case. So. I think, you know, what, how we are every single day, the way we live and, and what's important to us definitely trickles down to our guys, and they've embraced it. And, and you see them. They enjoy passing the ball. We had an open practice the day before we played. And, and I, told the, I told somebody, I said, man, because we, we, we canceled our other practice. We just walked around in the ballroom. I said, we got, a, we got more done in 50 minutes than, than we would have in two or three hours in the past. And I said, it's amazing how much our guys look like they enjoy passing and sharing the ball and, and what a tribute to their character. Yeah, I mean, and I I see you on the sideline, and you're, you're cool and you're calm and collected, and I'm sure you're much more nervous and grinding on the inside, but, you know, outwardly showing how cool you are. And, you know, that's a product from, you know, understanding and knowing what you guys, what your guys are going to do. And it just it seems like that there's a lot of just already understood communication that you don't have to give this particular group. John, we spend a lot of time talking about how we, we decide how we're going to respond to adversity, really how we're going to respond to anything well in advance of the heat of the moment. We decide months in advance how we're going to respond to officials. We'll start to, if, if we if we complain to officials too much, we'll start talking about that all summer and calling technicals in practice or whatever the case, just so we can decide now how we're going to respond to whatever once the season comes next year. Because once it becomes an intense moment or you're in that moment and you haven't planned how you're going to respond, then you're going to respond with emotion, intensity, and and all those things probably get you out of your your best version. So we we spend a lot of time talking about how we're going to respond to any situation well in advance. And, And it's the same thing with us coaches. We've decided a long time ago that, Anything that we're doing, if it's not helping our players, then we need to stop doing it. 
And so a lot of times coaches, our bad body language is, is more our insecurities of telling everyone that I didn't teach that, I don't endorse that, I don't like that, or whatever the case. And in reality, all that's doing is showing up your players whenever – uh, you know, they don't need to be shown up. They know that, that that whatever they did didn't work well. So we've just been very intentional trying not to do anything that, that subtracts from our group. Yeah, that sounds so much like, in, in different words in what he said, but back when, when Brad Stevens was the head coach at Butler, it sounds so similar. I think he used it uh, in, in the phrase of everybody's got to be pushing in the same direction or you yeah. can't get to that level. And that's exactly what you're saying, just in a different way right now. Absolutely, and, and and from the our entire program. I mean, during practice, I, I've learned I need to take a step. I used to be involved in every pass, every catch, every cut, and then now as I've gotten a little bit older, I take a step back and I observe a lot more. And I don't need to talk near as much. And I feel like I'm a better coach by shutting up and and observing and watching and then interjecting when I need to. And our assistants are the same way. Like they just all they want to do is just add to this equation and never subtract, even though it might make us feel better. You take a lot of bits and pieces away from your coaching style. I know your philosophy obviously grows and evolves, but do you take a lot of bits and pieces from your coaching style away from uh, people you've been around and, and people you've seen do it as well? Maybe not even been close to on the bench with, but people you've seen do it. Yeah, I mean, and you observe what you know, you're sitting on the bench by a bunch of different head coaches, so you observe what they do that works and doesn't work, and then you try to figure out what works and why it works for them. So, I mean, if you're always trying to get better, you're always trying to find the best way for you. And I just I learned a long time ago that me challenging guys at my size and, and my physical stature and, and all that and my relationship didn't help. It, it made them play worse. So why would I want to do anything that that helps our guy that doesn't help our guys play better? Um, and then obviously Brad Stevens and Tony Bennett and those guys that, you know, they're, they're younger head coaches. Yeah. When I was growing up, those guys all proved by winning national championships, going to the final four, that you could do it um, in a number of different ways, because the way we were raised, I mean, I thought, I thought that way was great. And I thought it shaped me, but it just, it's not for me right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it makes complete sense. And especially if that message is positively taken, and I mean, universally by your team, which clearly, Dusty, it has been. Yeah, and, and, and obviously they're very self-motivated yeah. and they they have great accountability to each other. That's another thing that I think all elite teams, they can hold each other accountable and they don't take it personal. And, you know, we talk about it a lot that we're all going to be wrong and I'm going to be wrong more than anyone because I have more decisions to make, but it's okay to be wrong as long as you're trying like heck to get better. You, you can always be wrong in our program. You imagine when you played not taking stuff personally? Because I can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I still take, yeah, I still take everything personally. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. I just hide it. Yeah. No, but but even human nature, when someone comes at you, your your first natural instinct is usually like to try to go back at them. Yes. And, and it's not healthy. I mean, just take just listen to what he's talking, listen to what he says, process it, and then heck, you may say like I don't agree, or you know what, you're right, whatever it is, but just let him. He's talking. Let's let him finish and and process what he's saying, and then you know we can go from there. I mean, but we're at least going to show each other the respect to listen to the guy that's talking and trying to hold us accountable. You try to uh, keep these guys their their heads level in terms of social media, and I know a lot of love they probably received in the past two and a half weeks. 
No, we don't. I, absolutely not. We try. We want them to be themselves. And as long as their social media doesn't interfere with their work and their academics and their their relationship with their teammates and coaches, no, everyone's different. I mean, if if you enjoy that then, heck, fire away. If you enjoy watching movies, do that. If you enjoy video games, it's time to work. It's time to work. Otherwise, now we also we educate them and, and make sure they know that, like, it's not always healthy. It's not real. Whatever you're, you know, the, the feelings you get from the social media is, is fleeting and it could flip the other way. So, you know, there's, there's all those things that go into it. And, and we have guys that, that love social media and, and have had things throughout the tournament said about them. And without a doubt, it, it affects them. So it's been a nice introduction for us to kind of phase into this national attention because our guys kind of got a snapshot of, of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, Elijah Martin had the dunk and everybody's coming at us. And then, you know, we, we went from the, 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 the lovable team to the villains, back to the lovable team. And, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so I thought it was a great introduction. So I mean, we're talking about that. Like all these lessons are preparing these guys for the real world, but it's not coming at them in a tidal wave. It's more like a splash versus the you know what what some of these other programs have coming at their guys. So very very healthy for us. Uh, Dusty Bay's the head coach of Florida Atlantic. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. A fantastic season, and it's going to be interesting. You guys are making a transition. You and five other Conference USA teams are going to the American Athletic coming up this season. You uh, Are you excited about this transition you guys are making? Yeah, you know, John, it's new. So anytime that something is new, I think it's cool. And obviously new rivals – um, for us, travel is difficult getting to UTEP and getting to LaTeX just logistically. So we're going to all major cities for the most part, Philadelphia where Temple is, and Charlotte stays with us, and Memphis. So travel gets a little bit easier. There's it, The television package is incredible for the AAC. So we'll be on ESPN, the, the main family uh, channels, a majority of our games. Um, you play Sunday, so you get a little more attention because very few teams play on Sunday. So there's a lot of new and cool things that come with it, but – um, you know, our league, I mean, it, it's been a bear the last couple of years. It hasn't been much behind the AAC. And if you, if you take uh, Houston out of it, it's probably right on par. So, um, but yeah, the, the, just the newness. It almost feels like we're all going into a, a new job or a new situation, which is always healthy, um, you know, for, for guys. I, I believe of the teams from Conference USA that were postseason active, I think Rice lost in the CBI, and then you guys, you know, obviously on the last second shot to San Diego State, those were the only two. And I guess somebody lost in the NIT final too because you had two teams going against one yeah. another. But that was a hell of a record out of your league. Oh, impressive. I mean, North Texas won 31 games, UAB won 29. Those guys were top 25, top 30 caliber teams. And the bottom of the league wasn't bad this year. I think UTEP finished towards the bottom, and they were they were good, and, and FIU was good. So, you know, it, it was tough. So, you know, we're not making a huge jump competition-wise, but we are making a big jump in perception and finances and, and television packages, those things. Man, I can't believe you're in are you, How much are you in charge of all this stuff that's coming up? I mean, I'm talking about, you know, my, the whole NIL stuff. I mean, you have to be incredibly active in all of that, which, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's incredible. With other stuff you got on your mind, this is just uh, added extra here, right? Well, there's nothing more important than, than our players. So, you know, we have a lot going on, but it's, it's like everything else. It's prioritizing. When, yeah. when we got this job, 
everyone's calling about scheduling and everyone's calling about this or that. And it's, it's like, you know what, until we have a roster, none of this stuff matters. So we just got to, we have to prioritize what's important. Fortunately, our guys are very likable. They're engaging and they're out, you know, doing their own NIL stuff and they're aggressive with it. And, and the local community and businesses have, have been very receptive. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to, to plan recruiting now. We're trying to plan workouts and just get caught up because our season went so long. But mm. uh, if you're not, if you're not fired up to be doing what we're doing right now, then, you know, the alternative is you're trying to figure out a way to, to, to I guess, recruit a team so you don't lose if you just lost. So, um, you know, just trying to hang on to these guys, trying to put together a plan to help them be the best they can be. But uh, it also, you know, just, just spending time, more time with these guys. Did you get a chance to see much of the national title game last night? No, we went to a, 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 a get-together here in town with, with a lot of big basketball boosters. So I watched probably four minutes of it. It was just kind of walking around talking to everybody. So yeah, you kind of look pretty good, man. Top to bottom, pretty good. Uh, they're impressive. I mean, I think Danny Hurley said it best when I asked him about his team, and he said, you know, it's not that hard. we got three pros, and we've done a good job filling in around them. So you know, it seems like that's a nice formula. Three real pros and guys that, that embrace that and, 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 and compliment them. Hey, I, I, um, and this is from also uh, Dustin Hayes told me this, and I agree with him on this. And I know you don't like to individualize things and guys on your team, but man, Elijah Martin's a badass. I mean, that is a badass dude right there, Dusty. He is. I, he just got better and better as that tournament went along. He did. He's special. He he had a couple of nagging injuries early in the year, which affected his, uh, I guess, first half of the season. But he's just a special person. I mean, I don't know if I, you know, that, that's the unique thing about our guys. Like, if you said if you said they're, you know, U.S. senators, or if you said they're, you know, working for Fortune 500 companies as a, as a CEO, like I wouldn't be surprised. These are like really really good dudes with great work ethic, and and they really care about each other. Uh, they're vulnerable to each other. It's just just special. And Elijah's just like the rest of our guys, where he he's a great teammate. He loves his teammates. He he's a hard worker. He organized the pickup game yesterday. We told him to take two days off, two weeks off. I'm sorry. They're in here shooting at like seven 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 thirty a.m. and then they organize pickup at noon. And I walked by and I was like, I can't make them not play. But man, these guys and, and we're like, they love ball. So why would we not let them play if that's what they enjoy doing when they don't have anything else to do? Yeah, you got a bunch of little Mark Barnheisers running around down there. A bunch of Barney, <laughs> absolutely. They they love the game, and I, I guess why we all yes. get along so well. Because our staff loves the game, our players love the game. So we, you know, that's the thing that's that's brought us together and bonded us. So why you know why not embrace it? Well, that's you. That, I mean that that's yeah. you in a nutshell. Somebody had asked me that last week about you, and I, I just I, as you know a player in high school, and that's just how you were. I mean, you were putting together stuff and you were directing on the floor, and this is just an 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 older version of the young you right now. It's just and I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You just you have evolved in that, but you're still yeah. very much you know Dusty May, you know Salisbury, Indiana, 1995. So. Hundred percent values the core. Everything's the same. It's just yeah. you, you, you try to evolve. You try to get better. You try to improve every year. And we've got a couple guys in our locker room that that are incredible leaders. I mean, I don't have to go in and 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 make an issue out of this or that. I can say, hey, G, hey, Nick, can you guys handle this? And and I got you, coach. And it's it's handled. And so I'd be remiss to to point that out. That that's you know having a healthy locker room with great leadership within. You know, and then the other guys follow them, and they they speak. Everyone listens, so it's it's been a blast just because of all all these factors. But 
um, yeah, we, you know, the leadership piece is something I, I, you know, with these young guys now, it's, it's hard to lead a group as a peer. And, and uh, these guys have done that. So it, they're special. Hey, Dusty, in closing here, I'd mentioned, you know, other teams coming to your guys. That's just the way that it is. It has been that way, but even more so now uh, in this era. Uh, yeah. Did other schools come at you? Uh, you know, it's third party all around. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, that's something I, I don't want to. Yeah, I think everyone in our program would have great other options if they chose. Right. And and we all don't take for granted what we have here. Like let's just leave it at that. Well, and I knew I knew from from knowing you that uh, there was never any thought. I mean, with with what you got and what you're building down there to uh, to think about anything else. But I just I kind of wonder. I just wondered in terms of you know how other schools might come at your players the way that it is with the transfer portal now so easily done. I was just kind of curious if it was the same way. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of third party stuff that goes on for sure. John, there's not a program that has NCAA in front of them, Division One, Division Two, that's not facing that challenge in some way, shape, or form. And I think it's blown completely out of proportion. I don't. I think it's a non-subject uh, to even talk about because if there's a guy at, at, at a Big Ten roster and he's not playing, then mid-majors and low-majors are reaching out to his his someone in his camp and letting them know, hey, if he's not happy and he wants to play more, we'd love to have him. I mean, it's just. It is how it is. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily a terrible thing. Sometimes change is good for kids. Sometimes they need to stay where they are. Every situation is different. I was never complaining about any of it. Just you know, being honest about the state yep. of the game. And it's it's not like we have three transfers on our roster and they're all in our rotation, very productive players. And then we have six guys that are, aren't transfers in our rotation. So, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you, you play the hand you're dealt, you yep. do the best you can, but the, you know, I don't have time to be worrying about, about all that other stuff. Like whatever the rules are, we're going to brace it and, and fight like crazy to do our best. And that's all we can control. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's and Michael Lewis was on with me a couple of weeks ago. I may have mentioned this to you too. And, you know, he, he just says, hey, it's it's up to me to, you know, I'm for here for these kids, you know, regardless. So if, you know, a move needs to be made for the better of them, I'm here for them there. And that's just kind of the way you have to look at it. I mean, as, yep. as fairly and as diplomatically as possible, because as you mentioned, and rightly so, you don't really have time to worry about a lot of that stuff after the fact. You got to worry about who's going to be there and who's going to be there for your season. Actually, we're always team building. We're always culture building. But you also have to always be prepared. I mean, a couple of our better players on our team, we got because other players surprisingly went into the portal. And if the timing was right, well, we could go get some other guys. So if it wasn't for the portal, we wouldn't have a couple of our really good players that have been in the program for a couple of years. Man, you had a big, uh, you had a big group down from GC over the weekend, Man. too. Big group. Got I don't even know who's at the games, but I, I see on Facebook or I check social media once a day, and it's like, oh, man, they were all there. Like, oh, yeah. I, I see that at the game just because we're so locked in. But it was awesome just to see it bring so many people together, like to see that our players' families and all of them connect and, like, all your old high school, college friends, like everyone come together to, to for that experience was was really you know, after the fact, really cool. I'm sure everybody enjoyed it in real time because I know that you know it was the same as a, as a November game for us. Yeah, I um, it's funny too because uh, I mentioned this to you before. It, it watching people respond to you 
uh, and get on board with you. Everybody kind of, you know, just around here related to you because obviously, you know, listen to me, we have ties and friendships and, you know, you were a manager at IU and everybody took all these stories and, and just kind of related them and connected them and got behind your guys a great deal. That was really cool to see, honestly. I'm just grateful they brought out the right stories. All the stories that I read were the right ones. <laughs> Hey, that could that could have went in another direction. Oh, you didn't think I thought about that? I go, God. I said, fortunately, they got they got a hold of the right people. <laughs> and that one night in 1994. So uh, yeah, yep. no, seriously, I think, we, I think we can all re- relate to that. Yeah, we can. All right. Well, hey, stay in touch. If you get up here, Definitely. if uh, you get up here, uh, especially on the weekend, we'll uh, put together a little something so you can get out there and. And play with us too. So let's we, do it. I appreciate play. it, John. I know people would love. People would absolutely love to uh, to hang out with you. But hey, congratulations to you and all your players and your school for just a, a fantastic not only a run in this NCAA tournament, but uh, a fantastic season overall. Man, it was it was thrilling. It was awesome to watch. And as you know, I'm incredibly proud of you. Well done. Appreciate that, John. We'll uh, we'll talk soon, man. You got it, buddy. Thank you, Dusty. It's uh, Dusty Mayer right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. <laughs> nah, it was great. I love that. Head coach of Florida Atlantic. Loved it. I love watching you guys respond to it, too. That was even better. I mean, everybody kind of got on board with that. It's made easier because the teams around here went out so early. But it was cool to see. It really was. Now, even with the way that it ended. And somebody had brought that up on Saturday night to me, and I said, well, it's just time to move on now. And Yeah, that's exactly what he just said. Dusty May of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It has been an absolute thrill to watch the way things went down for he and his team over especially the past month. All right, quick break, and we'll come back with you on a Tuesday. That's Dusty May, Florida Atlantic, the podcast, 1075thefan.com. Zach Kiefer a little bit earlier from The Athletic, too. It's 93.5107.5thefan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Kevin Lee's in studio getting ready to do some trackside here at 7 o'clock. Rarely is he in studio, at least with me, because he comes in after me. 
you got a you got a heavy beard selection going on there. Kevin Lee, Texas was a fantastic race. I'm sure he and Kirk Cavett will be talking about that coming up here at the top of the hour. Hey, jump on here really quick. Um, that's a lot of beard growth you got working there. Well, I was off this weekend, so I tend to shave on weekends I work, so I'm mostly just lazy. And I don't leave. Were you, you were off this weekend? I was off this weekend. Thanks for watching. No wonder the ratings were so bad. Were they bad? Were they bad? Uh, I shouldn't have brought that up. They were not as good as we hoped, considering how awesome the race was. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Uh, basically, the race starts I, at I what, li- nine a.m. West to Coast a lot time of it because it was on here too. There you but, go. Uh, That's good yeah. company, man. That's all the end too. It's all the end. It was awesome though. It was awesome. That's a really difficult race to uh, get the the package correct. You know, it can be too much of a pack race and just scare everyone and. Uh, and it can be strung out in single file like it's been a few times in recent years, but that was perfect. IndyCar nailed it. Seems it seems like fans like that better, but man, it, yeah, you're right about the, the rating stuff. Did uh, Pickleball get it? <laughs> uh, PBR beat us uh, head PBR to PBR did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So it's, it's a challenge. You know, yeah. NASCAR was way down. Formula One was down this weekend. Uh, it's... There's just so much competition. Is this fodder now, for the show said, coming up tonight at 7? No, no, no. problem. Well, it is if somebody yeah. brings it up. Um, no, I think there's plenty to talk about on the track. You know, this stuff is for people like me and Kurt. Uh, it shouldn't matter to the fans. The fans should enjoy the product, and the product was great. Yeah. And the competition was awesome. There are multiple drivers that could win the race. So that's all you can ask for. So Kevin Lee's in studio of NBC, Trackside's at 7 o'clock tonight, he and Kirk Cavan. I'm curious, I asked Jake this yesterday when he was on, why? Because we seem like that the better races, the more enjoyment when you watch them comes on an oval, like Texas on Sunday, but the the better attendance would be at, at road courses and street courses, right? Why is that? Well, one, for an oval race, there's one race the entire weekend yeah that's it whereas you do a street race it's a festival you've probably got a concert there and after your day is done you're walking 200 yards to a nice restaurant or bar for dinner there are three support races like the races my son races in um so there's just a lot more going on oval races tend to be other than race day friends and family and even now the crowd was better this year at texas but it's still not very much. So I know we all hear everybody wants ovals. Yeah. But everybody don't. obviously doesn't want ovals because they're not watching it more on television and they're not going to them definitely in person. So then it becomes a challenge because the promoter, the track, yeah. has to make money and they they struggle to make money. Iowa is working and that's a new model with concerts. Uh, there was a nice crowd there, but that's a smaller venue. Uh, but it can happen. Gateway in St. Louis works pretty well that's done done well and obviously the indianapolis 500 is going fantastic well i mean texas there's so much other well i guess on this day there wasn't but i mean so one of the byproducts is the the race has been bad the race was pretty good last year right the two or three years before that they reprofiled the track in an attempt to make the nascar racing better and what it did was made it worse they just they missed and it made the indycar racing much worse because the indycar product was pretty good and then you get it you have a hard time getting people to come back you've moved the date around a couple of times you know starting at 11 10 a.m on sunday morning in texas where people are going to church 
You're just not going to get a crowd. So the hope is then it's a television audience. Yeah. And then that doesn't happen either. So Yeah. It's well, tough. I mean, it's I tough. guess if you had the solution, you know, we'd be listening to it. But I what is I mean, well, if do there you was have the any, solution, yeah. somebody would have done it. Do you, um, it's just you gotta get through it. It's, I mean, it's what, why there aren't yeah. a lot of ovals. So yeah. I, I think it's being creative and doing what Iowa did. And you've got to find someone locally to partner with. In St. Louis, it it was Bomberito Automotive that trumpeted the event gave away tickets helped promote the event in all of their local commercials promoted the event and that worked uh in iowa it's high v yeah. is behind that so someone needs to take charge of that locally in texas at least this is one way to get it done and to make this a happening but what i think the women's final four was in yeah, the area that was. day yeah. there i think was a golf when well, the PGA and, tournament was and, in the area. The, the, the Rangers played at home with Phillies. There's just that night so too. much competition. Now, all this said, everybody in, in the business is lamenting the ratings. Live sports is still where it's at for television because it's the only thing where anyone is watching a commercial. Yeah. No one watches a commercial for a scripted show. True. I, I don't watch I don't watch commercials for much of anything. I DVR it and watch it a little bit later. And skip over. But a big sports event I will watch live and then I'm seeing the commercials. So even if the ratings are dropping, that's why rights fees are going up. NASCAR's ratings are going down, but their next rights package is still probably going to increase because advertisers don't have a lot of options with television to reach people immediately. A great race, though, on Sunday, though, with Joseph Newgarden. I love Pato Award. What he said after the race was fantastic about when he was asked, because I think Newgarden had mentioned when he was asked how respectful Award was with racing him down the stretch. And then Award was asked that, and he said, is there any other way to do it? I mean, he just seems like a dude that gets it. Well, those two guys are supremely talented, and that's one of the reasons why you can have racing like that. Uh, I think it was Joseph that credited Jimmy Johnson with the racing. Jimmy was the one who tried the the second line last year, Mm -hmm. and a few other people did it, and the race was pretty good. And then this year, and part of it is that PJ1 is wearing more and more. That's the substance they put on to try to help NASCAR. So the track is getting better and better. Now the next fear is if the NASCAR race this fall isn't better, they're going to tear up the track and start over again. And it may or may not work well for IndyCar. So stay that, tuned. That race if they used do to that be again. in June, did it not? It's been in June. It's at one point it was two races. It was in June after the Indy 500, and then the season finale. And then when they got a second Cup race, then it was just in June. And the attendance kept dwindling, especially when they got a second Cup race. Then the action pack part of it went away for a little while, and they moved it. And by the way, it was oppressively hot. Yeah. So that was one of the theories. Crowds were going down. Because you, you couldn't even do it at night because a true night race in June starts at 10 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time. Yeah. So it was a dusk race. It was still 94 degrees. Now, the weather the last two years has been great. It's been 70 degrees, very comfortable. But 11 a.m. local is a little bit challenging. It's uh, Kevin Lee. It's Kevin and Kevin coming up here at 7 o'clock. I want to know who our quarterback on. is. That's what I want. I have said it's going to be Will Levis. I'm not on board with it, but that's who I believe I'm it's so going to be. I'm so intrigued by Richardson. Are you? Well, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's that no is doubt. a huge gamble. There's no doubt after that. I was sitting in your yeah. chair when the, the Manning Leaf debate was going on. Right. And there was a point 
where there were a lot of people talking about upside and the better physical specimen and arm and wondering about Leaf. By the time we got to draft time, the consensus was Peyton Manning, but it was a legitimate conversation. For a while. For yeah. a while. I, I don't try to get wrapped up into pro days at all, but I will say that's as impressive oh, uh, an athletic feat during a pro day. He just, he's hu- huge. He's huge, light on his feet, quick, yeah. athletic, incredibly strong arm. If you are convinced he's a good kid, a good person, uh, a smart guy, I might be willing to think he'll figure it out. You give him some time, he doesn't have to play immediately. They are looking for a lot in this, an amazing long-term leadership quality of a team, um, which you know they certainly questioned two years ago, and you know, for whatever reason, that's one of the qualities that they they are looking for. I don't know why, you know, if they're settled on Will Levis, that they believe he has that. You know, some will argue that maybe C.J. Stroud doesn't have that. I mean, there are so many holes you can poke into. You know, all the positives I you say about all of them these are guys. A slam dunk. Yeah, but um, I'd be curious. I I've never been taken by a pro day, but I was by that yeah. one. I was oh, that was an oh wow. And we probably shouldn't be. You should yes, probably go back no and look at his very modest numbers last year <laughs> okay. like kevin lee trackside with kirk cavin coming up at seven man we'll be listening brother thank you it's uh, kevin lee in studio with kirk cavin a little bit later on that's at seven o'clock for trackside dusty may florida atlantic zach Kiefer of the athletic earlier with podcast 1075thefan.com we'll take a break come back for a final time next life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com brought to you by novartis pharmaceuticals corporation welcome back to dealing together first caller i bought three sweaters to get the fourth free oh you got fleeced next caller i traded my old samsung at AT at&t for a new samsung galaxy s24 plus and chose my plan that's not a bad deal it is not our best smartphone deals your choice of plan learn how to get the new samsung galaxy s24 plus with galaxy ai on us with eligible trade-in at&t connecting changes everything offers vary by device subject to change s24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time terms and restrictions apply see att.com slash samsung for details the Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? But this whole place sucks. <laughs> That's right, it sucks. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Kevin Lee, Dusty May. Zach Kiefer, Podcast 107.5. TheFan.com. Uh, Gutshot writes this, trying to evolve, trying to get better. I'm not buying that you guys went to the same high school. Eastern Green, indeed. Same high school. It's from Jamie Sneed. The longer that interview went on, the more Florida Atlantic gear I want to buy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Corbin checks in with this. JMV, are you bringing anyone to talk Masters? You know, I have to because I know, I know that most that cover the event are suggesting they don't want kind of um, – an LIV players back and forth here. I, I kind of want that a little bit. <laughs> I can't lie. I want that a little bit. Ted Bishop's going to join us coming up tomorrow. Because you know that he will have something to say. PGA versus LIV. 
Uh, Ted Bishop in the 4 o'clock hour tomorrow. But, yes, to answer your question, Corbin, we will uh, bring that up coming up on tomorrow's show. Tyler M. with this. Why is Hooker a conversation versus if Lamar was in this draft, he'd be the first off the board? Colts should get pass rush with Anderson and trade next year's first for Lamar. Two young elites, one unknown. And uh, hold on a second. No, no, no. I think you misunderstood. To me, more so the reason why is because – Jim Irsay has been up front, as he was last week, about what he doesn't want to see in in a guaranteed contract. And now, when you're outspoken like that, I mean, you're not going to go back on it. And he wants to be, you can tell he wants to be a, a verbal leader in terms of the NFL with its ownership. So that's that was my question to Zach Kiefer. And my thought on Hooker is this. If you like Hendon Hooker and he's not going to be available until, let's just say, he maybe it's quicker, hopefully, than it is. But he's not going to be available until November. Then you know, why don't you just go the, the full meal deal here and, and go for Richardson? If you are that compelled in your thinking of waiting, then – Go with the the oh wow, even though you don't know if the oh wow is going to be capable of playing quarterback at the next level. And that's one of the reasons why I believe still is going to be Levis because they believe him to be able to play quicker than anybody else. That's my thought. Now, again, if they have intentions of playing Minshew and letting somebody sit back there and learn then, you know, take a swing if you want. Uh, just an incredible, athletically gifted dude and see what can happen there. But, yeah, I didn't put, you know, Hooker versus Lamar Jackson. The Hendon Hooker thing is if you're going to wait on a quarterback to be ready, in this case, because he's coming back from an injury, if you're going to wait, why not? You know, wait with somebody that was an oh wow, athletically speaking. And that's Richardson. Thank you, Tyler, for that. All right, hey, got to thank everybody for coming on the show today. I'm sorry, Mike, I can't get to you and call in again coming up on the show tomorrow, but it was a great one today. Dusty May, Florida Atlantic head coach. Zach Kiefer of The Athletic. A lot of the cult stuff you wanted to talk about, you wanted to hear about the podcast with both 1075thefan.com and a surprise visit from Kevin Lee of NBC. Kevin Lee and Kurt Cavan have trackside. Coming up later on tonight, the, uh, the number getting beaten by PBR is not great, but so they'll bring that up a little bit. Trackside's tonight at 7 o'clock. James, great job out of you. Thank you all for listening inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Your participation is always making it an extra special day. Back with you tomorrow at 3, 93.5 and 107.5 The Family. 
Hey, fans want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home, right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.